Hi, this is Jason Sohail Ascari. And this is Anna Ascari. I grew up and studied about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all my life. And I never got the chance to watch any of the original series. The both of us were going to watch all 193 episodes of the original series. And give you a perspective from an expert. And a new viewer. This is what we call a Tata Recall. Alrighty, and welcome to episode 80 of Turtle Recall. I'm your host, Jason Sohail, and joined with me, as always, is my ever-so-lovely and totally it's going to work on her uh, Ninja Turtles expertise wife, Anna. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, Ninja Turtle expert because we are joined by a certified Ninja Turtle expert, according to the Ninja Turtles uh, official uh, Twitter uh, which we have Mike here from uh, one of the co-hosts from uh, Ninja Turtles Power Hour. Hey everybody, uh, I am Mike Templeton, uh, co-host of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Um, and uh, Jason is correct, uh, I do have a certification as a Ninja Turtle expert. Um, and I have used it to consult on a couple things. Um, I'm not at liberty <laughs> to say what, but it is a distinction that I wear proudly. Um, I actually had the tweet framed. Uh, <laughs> nice, because it, uh, it's just, it's so silly, um, but it means a lot to me. So that that, um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I I I just get to host uh, panels and conventions, but you know, that... <laughs> to be fair, that's more than I've done. So um, that is the next goal for, for me. <laughs> that is amazing. If you ever uh come uh t like you know into the atlanta area i'll make sure i'll make you one of my co-hosts <laughs> dragon con is a dream of mine i would love to do that someday oh so. you hey hey i would love for you to like you know i would love to have you like right next to me doing dragon con dragon con is actually one of my favorite uh conventions to do panels in i didn't do it last year or i should say a few months ago because of they did open the con, but I was, we were still kind of like, uh, we're going to wait. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have a couple friends that were kind of the same. Because uh, I'm big in the cosplay community out here in Southern California. Um, so a lot of us do go out to Dragon Con. I personally have never been. My wife has, actually. Um, and it's just one of those ones, like, I've always wanted to go. Like, I don't cosplay anymore, but I would love to do, like, some of the other cool panels and um, just kind of hang out and vibe. Yeah, um, it's it's a very fun uh, convention. Uh, Anna has been like spoiled by it because <laughs> that, that was like one. It wasn't her first convention, but it was one of her first conventions. And then like it, then she started doing the smaller conventions, and then she was like, "Wait, what is this?" Yes, exactly. I thought that all the conventions has to be this huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I my first convention was San Diego Comic Con. Oh, nice. Um, so, so yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, however, I did learn to appreciate smaller shows. Um, in fact, uh, Long Beach Comic Con and Long Beach Comic Expo out here in Long Beach, California, um, are two of my favorite shows. Um, the one's uh, spring and one is uh, typically Halloween time. Uh-huh. And it's, just, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's oh, great. Wow. It's just low-key, a lot of fun. You pull up, it's easy to get in, easy to get tickets. Oh, um, nice, nice, great, great stuff. Yeah, what well, I, I told her uh, one year we got to go to a, a California convention. The only California convention I go to is just a, a Morphicon for Power Rangers, and 
I'm there as a guest. Like I, Power Morphicon, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Power Morphicon, too. Oh, you know uh, what? All right. Uh, it's happening, I believe, this year. You should, like, you know, since you're in the area, you should totally come down, and we'll, we'll definitely hang out. All right, definitely. It's a plan. I'll all even right. show you some of the cool toy spots I go to. Hey, hey, hey. I, I like that idea. And Anna's sister-in-law lives in... Uh, Oh gosh, I already forget what city. It's like near Anaheim. <laughs> like uh so, you know, uh at least uh at least there will be like, you know, we don't have to worry about like travel costs or anything like that. Hey, perfect cuz that's that's where I'm at. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. Uh so, uh you know, just to let you guys know, uh this week we are doing the episode the turtles and the hair and we had to bring Mike in here because Mike is pretty much the biggest Hook'em hair fan I have never known. <laughs> so uh so actually to call back Anna I'm sorry that I'm not Shredder. I know you were excited to have this week. Um, but yes, uh Jason reached out to me because I am the internet's foremost and probably only diehard Hook'em hair fan. I'm getting nervous right now. (laughs) Is one of those wild guest characters that the 1987 Ninja Turtles show had, and it's. I'm going to get more into it why I love him so much, but he, it's it's just perfectly 80s Ninja Turtles. (laughs) And uh, I'm I'm here to sing the praises of of him and try to get him an action figure made by NECA because it's a crime that he has. It is a crime. I mean, you know, at least we're getting Usagi, but, like, I mean, come on. Seriously, why Why have, like, we not got Hoka? Come on, NECA. I mean, you, I, come on. You gave us Triceratons? You gave us three Triceratons <laughs> and not Hokum hair yet? Right, exactly. Like, you know, the freaking Crooked Ninja Turtle game. Have a character. Ace Duck doesn't even have a character model sheet. Hokum hair has two episodes. Right, exactly. Ace Duck was, like, five seconds. Like, hey, here's an action figure of him. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, before we before we begin, uh, Mike, uh, let people know uh, what uh, like what like you know about your podcast, uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour, and like other like uh, things that you've done for the Ninja Turtle community. Uh, sure. Uh, like we said, uh, I am the co-host, one of three of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Um, it is the hot rotting podcast from Dimension X. Uh, every week on Turtle Tuesday, we drop a new episode. Uh, our thing is a little bit different, where we do cover episodes of the 1987 show. However, we do alternate because we uh, cover other bits of Turtle history. We just finished reading Volume 2 of the Mirage comic. Um, so you can go over to Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook um, and click a link to get those episodes. Uh, like I said, we release them every Tuesday. Um, and as far as what I do, I've been a Ninja Turtles fan uh, since 1987 uh, with these first uh, with the first season. My Ninja Turtle history kind of wavered back and forth. I've always been a fan of the toys and the video games, more so than the show as I grew out of it. Um, you probably around season four is when I grew out of it. Um, I mean, which is funny because Hokum Hair is <laughs> season four. Um, I did come back for 2003. Um, I was a huge fan of, of actually Next Mutation. Um, and kind of my, my current role in the Ninja Turtles community is I try to be as positive as possible about everything Ninja Turtles. Um, I am probably also one of the biggest Rise of the Ninja Turtles fans. Um, we both enjoyed Rise. We, oh, so it's, it's, 
easily my top three Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, no. Um, so it's funny because like when it first came on, we both were kind of like uh, about it, but then like after we watched a few episodes, we got in a few episodes uh, into it. We're like, okay, we really like once we like accepted like the humor into because the the humor in that show was just like top notch. I really like it, and then. Anna loves it for the animation and especially the action animation. She she says hands down this is the best action animation. Even with some of the sillier episodes when they're fighting with fish and ladders, they're still like it's still like really cool fight scenes. Oh, absolutely. Um, Anna, like I think I heard that you're an animation, you're an animator or you're a fan or an enthusiast. No, I'm a, uh, I'm an uh, independent animator. Okay, so then. So, so then you'll recognize the actual, like, insane camera move when they smack one of the characters with, uh, uh, what was it? I think they uh, punched Shredder uh, when Shredder got, like, the, the, like, when he was, like, Beast Shredder. Raph punches him, and the whole camera flips, like, turns into 360. I have to show you. I don't think you've seen that one, but I have to uh, show okay. you. Okay, it's a great. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's I, I know what you're. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't think she's seen okay. that. It was so cool. They did it again in the finale. Yeah. I just oh god, the, mm, I just love Rise of the Ninja. Um, so that is easily my top favorite. Uh, wow. I have fond fond memories of 2012. I actually have a few friends that worked on the 2012 cartoon. Um, uh, especially one of them who uh, was one of the writers for the Mutant Apocalypse arc at the end. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I'm, my, I'm, I'm very close to Ninja Turtles. I'm also just a huge, huge fan of it. Um, I try to spread as much positivity and um, just kind of helping people like learn things about cartoons and how the toy line works. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so if you ever want to hear me talk about Ninja Turtles personally that's not on the podcast, you can follow me at uh, it's the Rocketeer. That's ITS the Rocketeer. Right. So I do want to get into something because you mentioned that you kind of got out of Ninja Turtles like around season four. Uh, what kind of like brought you back in? Like, so what brought me? So, so I'd always kind of like I said, I'd always kind of been there next to Ninja Turtles um, for for the classic era. Um, so after probably the third movie, like I by the third movie, I had already stopped watching the show mostly because like my Saturday mornings, I I was one of those kids that never went to CBS. Mm-hmm. So oh okay. I, so for a long time, I didn't know the CBS seasons existed, and then uh, then CBS stopped running it, and then uh, USA Network picked up the Turtles for like Cartoon Express. Right. But then I didn't have USA, so I never watched that either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so to me, the Turtles cartoon ended long, 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 long before. Um, so then, you know, Next Mutation comes out. I watched that. I liked it because I was a Power Rangers kid at that point. Um, and then that was kind of it. Then the internet starts to come out and get into prominence about that time. And I start learning about, like, oh, like, there were more episodes. Well, oh, there's, there's a Red Sky season? <laughs> um, so I started learning more. And uh, I was... Uh, probably that mid '90s, where I like learned about the Mirage comic, um, and uh, my I remember my cousin had the uh, like they were the action like flipper toys where like the uh, the turtles like you rotate them and then like they do a cartwheel right. or, like a backflip or something. And I remember like looking at those and like, oh, this is what the Mirage comic looks like because at the time those were the most accurate to the Mirage comic action figures we ever had. Right. 
Um, so that was like, that's what kind of started my interest in like, oh, there's more to this. And then so when 2003 came out, uh, I was already like savvy enough on the internet to like go to the blogs and I found Peter Laird's, uh, you know, his blog. Um, and kind of like, I got into 2003 for like the first year or two. And then I was like, you know what, this show's not for me. So I kind of backed out. Um, oh, and I kept tabs on it, like, from afar. I, I love yeah. Turtles Forever, the finale. Right. Um, uh, the 2007 movie was really special because uh, my dad took me to see the original one in 1990. And so, just as for fun, I took him to go see the 2007 movie. Nice. Uh, so that was that. Uh, then, as we all know, like, you know, the, the 25th anniversary was kind of a, you know kind of a quiet affair, you know, and around that same time, Peter Laird sold the franchise to Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So about that, so about that time, like, you know, Turtles was effectively a, not a dead franchise, but like nothing was happening. It was a sleeper franchise. Then I, I'm in my comic book store one day and I find a new Turtles number one. Okay. It was 2011. So I find Turtles number one from IDW and I was like, you know what? This is my chance. This is my chance. This is my shot. I'm going to, Finally, collect the Ninja Turtles comic from issue one all the way until it ends. <laughs> which it still hasn't. And which it still hasn't, thankfully. It is the yeah, longest yeah. running Ninja Turtles comic as of right now. Yes, yeah. Um, actually, it was as of a while ago, but it's uh, but it just keeps breaking that record every issue. Right. Um, but I was like, you know what, this this is my Ninja Turtles. Um, and so like I got heavily invested in the IDW book, and then it was around that same time, uh, I was at Comic-Con one year, and Nickelodeon had announced the 2012 series and i was one of those at first where i was like you know what i I don't know if i love the designs Mm -hmm. um i wasn't one of those dudes that hated the three toes because if you were a fan back then oh yeah pick a side oh oh. three toes or were you no toe or two toes (laughs) yeah uh so i but as the hype for the show came up and uh people i knew were working on it i got more invested in it and then i remember finding the four turtle action figures uh in t- in my tar- local target like a month before they were supposed to be street dated oh nice <laughs> so i picked them all up um and i actually took them to uh disneyland that night uh uh and i my friend's band was playing there and so i posed them along the stage <laughs> just, i don't know why i did it it was just funny um so that picture is actually still on my instagram oh wow. like, way if you go back far enough um <laughs> But I, and then I just remember, like, actually taking the time to sit down and, like, I grabbed a pizza, watched 2012, and, like, the, the pilot episode, the premiere, I was just like, this is the Ninja Turtle show for me. <laughs> like, I think it was the I, pizza. <laughs> I just absolutely fell in love with 2012 um, all the way through. Just the love and the attention and the fun, everything about 2012 um, is just so good. I, and yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Started, oh, good. I said, no, uh, we, we both were saying we be- definitely agree with you there. Oh, it's, it's the best one. Like if, if I had to recommend a turtle show to somebody who's never seen a turtle show, um, and like, you know, recommend their first one, 2012 all the way. Oh yeah. As much as I love rise, 2012 is a better introduction. Oh, I agree. Uh, and I had started dating my wife around that time. And so luckily she loved the Ninja Turtle. She loved, she loved Raph. Um, <laughs> when she was young. she loved the original like Rob Paulson Raph, right? Um, which we've met Rob Paulson, like we we personally know Rob. Rob, 
Uh, so that's just a huge thing that we love even more. Nice. And uh, <laughs> the we just we just both fell in love with the 2012 Turtles. Just Donna, his Donatello, Greg Sipes is Mikey, like, and then Sean Astin is like one of the most perfect. Raphael casting. Oh, I agree with you there about about Sean. Um, like, um, it was what like two or three years ago when we met Sean. Yeah. Uh, so all right, so I can say I, I can say this. The so the first time that wasn't the first time I met Sean. I can the first time I met Sean was actually in Disney World. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was doing. It was the first time I ever did the Goofy Challenge race. If you guys don't know what the Goofy Challenge race is. The first day you run a half marathon, and the second day you run a full marathon. Uh, and this, uh, I think I saw him on the half marathon day, or is it, I don't think it was a full marathon day. Uh, um, but he was just, like, talking. And, and just a bunch of people were, like, I just saw, like, it was just a bunch of people just kind of crowding around. And I was like, what's going on there? So I went and go looked, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Sean Astin. <laughs> and, like, he was just, like, just basically talking to people, and, like, he was so nice. And uh, he was actually running... The Dopey, uh, and the Dopey is just the half the full, and also he also, he also do, does a 5K and a 10K, and, like, after, like, people, like, talk to him and everything, uh, like, you know, he, he, he ran out, and everyone that was in the crowd, like, he went and shaked their hand, he was like, good luck on the race, good luck on the race, I mean, he was so kind and everything, I just remember, like, after he shook my hand and left, I, like, messaged my wife, I was like, Anna, I just met the voice of Raphael! I remember. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, and then when we saw him, when we saw him at a convention, uh, like, I went and we talked about running the marathon uh, at, at Disney World. And, like, something, like, you know, when you get, like, a, when you're at a convention, you get, like, a celebrity to talk about something that's, like, not, like, what they're known for, but, like, something they're passionate about. Like... They, they like light up in glee and they like, you know, the, his like handler had to like be, be like, oh, you need to stop talking now. you like, you, you have a line. You gotta get like, you gotta move on now. That, that's, and that's, that's a great tip. Like for me, I, I, I love talking to people about their interests and talking to, I mean, cause voice actors, they're people like, right. there are heroes, but they're people. Right, um, right. Right, and a lot of people, I, I feel like a lot of people, like, a lot of fans, like, think that the voice actors are actually, like, fans of, like, their own work, and, like, I mean, they appreciate their work, but they're, but they're not like us, they're not gonna be like, oh, on episode 30, minute 3, why'd you say this, they're not gonna, they don't know why they said that, they just... They, exactly, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I always feel bad when those kind of people, like, hey, granted, like the, the dudes that act, that ask those questions, like they, there's no like ill intent. There's no maliciousness. Like they're they just they just don't know, right? And so when they when they ask those kind of questions, and, and the and the voice actor like kind of has to navigate like I I don't know what you're talking about, but I appreciate that you that what I did means a lot to you, right? Right, exactly. And and and, and that's it's a fine line to walk, and like I respect every voice actor that that is able to do that yeah oh no i i definitely uh respect every voice actor uh that does that and i mean both on and i we can all we have is just praise for all the uh team and two voice actors that we've 
talked to like we know we talked to the four main turtles we've talked to krang yeah. uh like you know all of them have always been like super kind and oh, yeah. yeah yeah and and of course the the four turtles they, they love her child <laughs> so, uh so the so rob um used to out here he used to have a uh, podcast called talking tunes yes i remember that podcast and i used to go to the live shows like all the time and um so I, I went to the live shows where, you know, he had the whole cast of the Turtles, and the only one that wasn't there was Peter Renaday, who plays Splinter. Right. And I, I was bummed because I'm like, okay, like, I've met everybody now, but I have not met Peter. Right. Uh, yeah, we I have we have not had a chance to talk to him either. That's that's one I I kind of want to like just so, just 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 for Anna just to be like, why are you so creepy? <laughs> no, I think the design is creepy. <laughs> I know you like the voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I, Peter, Peter, I really I I love and I respect him, um, and I I would love to meet Peter. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know if he's doing very many conventions anymore, especially, you know, nowadays and any times that we live in. Right. Um, but I, you know, but Renee Jacob um, and Cam, oh my God, Cam Clark, like, is just the funniest <laughs> man. So. I bring it, I bring it up on, um, on our show that, like, Cam, in especially by season two, Cam's in on the joke of Ninja. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Like in his line readings as Leo, like he's in on the joke, and so that's why like there's a huge shift in Leo's personality from the miniseries to the series proper, and especially by by the episode we're going to be talking about now. Like Leo is definitely like a, kind of a different character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh 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 definitely. Oh, but yeah, like <laughs> if you remember, Cam was the one. When he saw our son, he went and unbuckled him from the stroller. Oh, that... Oh, yes. <laughs> we have, oh like... God, really? Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, so, um, it, like... Because like, we went to the convention, like, two days in a, uh, in a row. At first, we were only going to go there one. But then, I was after I got my DVD signed, I was like, you know what? I want to get my action figure signed. Or, no, other way what? I got my action figure signed. Then I was like, oh, let's get the DVD signed. Um, like, you know, why not? Uh, so, we went, so, we went back and... Uh, our son, he was not even one yet, and when we, when I went back to his uh, line, my, uh, he was in, he was like buckled in his stroller and everything, and Cam like just, I mean, he 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 like came around his uh, his his booth, but I mean, he might as well have like cartwheeled over. I mean, how excited he was, and he went and just unbuckled, not even like asking permission or anything like that, just like. And like just oh, hell, yeah, we gave permission with yeah, our facial. Yeah, yeah, we gave, yeah, yes, yes, yes. We gave permission with our facial. You know, the, the, don't don't go and like write to Cam Clark and be like, hey, he baby stealer. <laughs> <laughs> but like we have like like just the, these awesome pictures of him with our son. Like, uh, he, I mean, he adored uh, our son. I, the only voice actor that didn't actually like hold our son was actually Barry Gordon, only because. He's kind of older, and he was kind of like nervous. Yeah, Barry. Um, Barry's the the couple times that I've met him, he's always been the very shy one. Yes. Which to me, is, I mean, granted, like I don't know Barry personally, um, but it's like it, it's always been kind of weird. It's like he's he's the most I don't want to say he's the most actor out of all of them, but he's the most bureaucratic actor out of all of them. Like he's led, he's been a member. Um, did, I can't remember. Did he led SAG or like he he was a huge, he was a founder of it. That's right. I knew he was like big and sad, um, but yeah, like Barry. Barry's 
a great, great voice actor um, and a very nice guy, just very shy. Right. Um, and then Rob is Rob. Like, my favorite Rob story um, was he did his first convention after, I don't know if, every, you know, if everybody remembers, like, he, he went to a bad cancer a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't talked to Rob in, like, a year, like, the whole year. Um, I, I hadn't talked to him. Like, we're friends on Facebook, and, and I just, I hadn't messaged him to check on him and stuff like that. Um, so I saw him at the, at the convention for the first time. And my wife and I are like, are like, we're standing at the back of the line. We like, cause he, he did have a line. Yeah. Uh, he also has a line. He saw me jumped out of line and came over and gave me a hug. Oh, wow. And I was just like, Robbie, like I just, I just started bawling. I was like, I'm so glad you're okay. Like, I'm so sorry. And he's and just, oh, it was the best experience. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, he's, he is such a, he's such a great person. Um, actually, he was one of the first like celebrities Anna met, and we actually have a picture of the three of us, and Anna's like actually holding a uh, Donatello doll. That it was a handmade Donatello doll, and uh, but, but yeah, like uh, she has a, uh, we have that like that picture together. Like, but he was so nice to let her like hold that. Yes, he was. Uh, that's, that's adorable. Yeah. All right. So um, that like that was amazing. Um, so we're we're gonna go ahead and uh, just. Go into the news real fast. We'll let uh, you know Mike get, get some water, and then uh, we'll go, get back and start talking about the episode. All right, you ready? I'm so ready. All right, let's do this. All right, so the first thing I actually want to talk about is actually a new game that's for the iPhone and like all your Apple devices. is called Nickelodeon Extreme Tennis. It's a, uh, like, now, unfortunately, I don't have an iPhone. I have, I'm an Android user. Uh, Anna is a, a iPhone, but, oh, uh, she has an iPhone, but we, she hasn't had a chance to look at this game yet. But the thing about the game, like, you know, it's Nickelodeon has a, uh, some Nickelodeon characters in it. And they also added Michelangelo. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what's cool is, like, if you look, his uh, tennis racket is actually a pizza box. Oh, that's nice. Right, yeah. So, uh, Michelangelo is the only Ninja Turtles, like, representative. Uh, don't know if they're, like, I could, the, literally, the game, the game just came out, and there's, I think there's, like, nine characters. There's not a lot of characters. Uh, they have Michelangelo. They also have, like, uh, Hey Arnold. They also have Garfield. Garfield's in it, because Nickelodeon owns, owns Garfield now. Uh, yeah. Uh, but. Do they have sound? Um, I don't, because I don't have an iPhone, I don't have access to the videos. Uh, uh, you can't use my phone. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I should. Now, I'm going to say this, like, because I don't know if this costs money or not, but, like, you know, the other um, games that we got, like, from Nickelodeon, where it's like, oh, all these characters, they didn't have, like, voices and that kind of stuff. I have a feeling since even, since this is a mobile game, I'm... 90% sure this doesn't have, like, voices and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I see they, they try to make the 3D character look like 2D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. Like I said, I, I really like uh, Michelangelo's um, uh, tennis racket. Uh, I think that's that's a nice uh, little uh, touch. Uh, I don't know if this is free-to-play or if it costs money. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, like, just like most mobile games are going to add, like, some other stuff, like, in the future. But they do have it, like, where when you play the game, 
uh, you know, you unlock stuff and you eventually you can unlock like this outfit <laughs> for Michelangelo where right now we're looking at like this punk rocker Michelangelo. I don't know if these clothes like carry over to like the other characters um, or if it's only specific to Michelangelo. Uh, the only other Ninja Turtle thing on here, one of the stages you're you're playing on the... It's like a Bebop Michelangelo. Yeah, it, it, to be honest, yes, you're right. It does look like a Bebop. <laughs> you know, he has the pink mohawk and the uh, sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it is like, you know, he even has the, like, like that uh, jacket he's wearing. It looks like something Bebop would be wearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, other than Michelangelo, the, other, the only other Ninja Turtle uh, feature that's on this game is that one of the levels you play on the rooftops of like New York City so like that's like based off the uh, Ninja Turtles uh, that's pretty much it uh, the game just came out like a few days ago we haven't had a chance to uh, get our hands on it so uh, it right now it's only exclusive to Apple I don't know if it's ever gonna I don't know if they have plans to have it come to uh, Android or not or whatever other mobile devices uh, but uh, Blue, like, you know, it looks fun. If you like Nickelodeon and you like tennis and you like mobile games, this is the perfect thing for you. <laughs> uh, What's the name of it? Uh, Nickelodeon Extreme Tennis. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, don't really have much about it because we didn't, you know, we haven't had a, a chance to actually take a look at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's get into our favorite subject that comes up every week. Which is NECA. Uh, so, right now, if you go to Target, uh, those Turtle in Disguises set, you know, the, the turtles with the trench coats and the masks and everything and the hats, uh, they have returned in Target. Like, so, uh, people have been seeing that. Also, I want to also add that people have been also been seeing the uh, Raphael as a Frankenstein monster. Uh, that's been showing up at Target as well. Uh-huh. We'll, get, we'll get more into that later. Um, but... Uh, the Turtles in Disguise have been uh, coming up in shelves, so if you missed it, you have another chance to get it. Now, here's the thing. There's a one slight uh, difference, and that is that the the new set, um, which if you're looking at the picture, is going to be the one on the left. Uh, it's a matte, uh, it's a matte finish other than the glossy finish, because like the one that we have... Uh, that we own is more of a glossy uh, texture where like they're kind of like shiny mm-hmm. and so these I mean they're the exact same figures that come with the exact same stuff it's not like you know uh, you're really missing anything it's just that it's more of this matte finish I personally I like the matte better I don't know if I I, I don't know if I like it so much that I want to go and like try to get try to go to Target and try to get it and then like try to exchange it because that that's a that's a whole mess I wouldn't want to uh, do that, but I do like I do like the matte finish. Um, you know, uh, the original uh, NECA uh, Toon Turtles had the matte finish, so I feel like you know I, I'm good. I can have like uh, that kind of uh, var- uh, variation. I but, feel like the the shiny one is more classic yeah. feeling. The- See, I've I've heard that from other people. I have I heard from people like they they feel like the shiny is more classic. It looks more cartoonish, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like I said, like you know. We kind of have both because we have like the original ones and then we have the Turtles in Disguise ones. Yeah. Uh, so we have both versions. I have, I'm like, I mean, no desire. I'm not going to go pay $125 to get a whole new set of figures that just because 
the paint is just a flatter. Uh, but me personally, I like this. I like the matte uh, better. I think I th uh, my problem with the shiny one, it just, it looks too, I don't know. What, oh, how can I say it? Like it. Muscular. Not really muscular. It just looks too, like, I don't know, like fake, like too cheap looking. Oh. That's like, that's how I feel about it. Uh, now, what I am curious about is because, uh, like, a, like um, a few months ago, like, NECA did this whole pre-order for these Turtles in Disguise set. The people who are receiving them, I'm wondering if they're, I have a feeling they're going to be receiving this new one with the matte finish instead of the glossy finish. Mm. Because I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, like, they're not having, like, their industry, like, be like, oh, Oh, these that the people pre-ordered? Oh, yeah, no, 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 make these shiny. Oh, and these that were sent to Target, make these, like, you know, like, who's going to keep up with that? Yeah. I think it was just, like, something like, oh, you know what? A lot of people didn't like this. I guess there was a lot of complaints with the glossy. I think it was more like, oh, a lot of people don't like this. And, like, you know, this is going to be a set. They're, gonna, they're probably going to pump this out for a good while because these are turtles. These, these aren't, like, you know, it's not like, uh, you know... Uh, the Triceratons were like, like, you know, like five people remembered them from their youth. Uh, you know, like these are the ones that are going to constantly sell. Yes. Like, you know, so I have a feeling like, like, I mean, uh, when people are like worried, like, oh, we'll, we'll never find these or anything. I'm like, no, they're going to produce more of the turtles. Uh, also, I want also note is that uh, a lot of people's been seeing the, the movie turtles again at Walmart. So I think I think uh, NECA is just like just pumping out more turtles for people uh, to buy because they know turtles are the sellers. I mean, you know, the other characters they sell, but then like, but they also have like a short shelf life because like after everyone gets them who wants them, and then like after all the people who tries to attempt to sell it on eBay uh, gets them, like once everyone who wants it wants it, they're not like no one's gonna want to go get it anymore. Mm. Uh, so. That's that. Now, as I was mentioning, uh, also at Target, you can get the, the, the Halloween Raphael, you know, where he looks like Frankenstein and yeah. everything, or Frankenstein's monster, I should say. Uh, so uh, that's appearing at Target. Uh, there's no word when Big Bag Toy Store or Entertain Earth is going to uh, ship out their pre-orders. But now we can pre-order this guy, uh, which is the next one they revealed, which is Leonardo... As the Hunchback, and they uh, again, uh, they released a really cool stop motion uh, video. They revealed uh, like the accessories inside, and the coolest thing about it, his shell opens up and a skeleton. It, yeah, yeah, a skeleton. But you can like store his stuff That's in his shell, cool. and it's even like big enough. To, like, well, I actually know um, those were just the blades of the sword uh, and everything. Uh, it looks really cool. Uh, that is available to pre-order right now. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we have a link to the pre-order uh, right now uh, for you. Um, uh, so you can uh, pre-order uh, yourself. Uh, what do you think of it? How do you... I think the animation is so cool and the, the characteristic is like fantastic. I wish like the the normal because these are the Halloween ones I yeah. would say the normal one would, would had this much creativity uh, yes yes now I will say what I love about these because this is like where NECA kind of gets to do their thing yeah. because 
like you know like the the cartoon turtles the the movie turtles like the video game ones they're so limited on like what other people created um. and so when with the with this like little mashup since they're they're making the rules like you know even if you look like leonardo has like this like beard oh uh, yeah oh and he even has eyebrows now i'm looking at it. he has he has some eyebrows and like you know some like you know he comes with a skeleton head uh as one of his accessories also uh a bone uh you know and some uh looks like so, uh some fire as well uh just uh some really cool some really cool like details but as you write like you know since they don't have to they don't have to like follow anything. They're they're really showing their creativity, and especially when NECA like you know first started in the action figure business, they were known for their horror um figures. So like you know this is like probably like something like you know the sculptors and the uh, artists uh, from their team were just like oh like you know we can like do some really cool um things with it. That's so cool. Like just by looking at this animation, it's like you feel like. Your inner child, like, start imagination and... Right. No, I uh, I, I, def- I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you right there. I love the stop motion animation. I also want me- to mention that um, the animation team that did this, uh, this uh, uh, DGDX animation, um, they have announced that they are officially um, doing NECA's, like, animation, like, from now on. So like they've actually like partnered partnered up because uh, la- like last year they started doing this like stop in stop motion animation. They first started with gargoyles and then they did the Raphael one. And I guess like Neca and them like uh, and um, they like made a deal. Was it? They kind of team up together. Yeah 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 yeah. They kind of uh, team. DGDE. Uh, DGDX animation. I believe it's just one person. Yes, now I, f- I found him to follow. Oh yeah oh oh. That's a good idea. You should, yeah, we, yeah, we're, we're yeah, Turtle Recall, we're definitely uh, we're following you, DGDX Animation. Now, before we jump into the episode, yeah. I did want to address a couple things. All right. Um, that I, because I did my research. Yes. Um, uh, I listened to the last episode, so I was fully prepared when I came on tonight. All right, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of guests don't do that, just to let you guys, just to let you know. <laughs> so I was, I was really excited. I really wanted to be a great guest. <laughs> um, so, uh, some of the points that I wrote down here. Uh, kids who don't play with action figures. This was a big discussion you had last week. Yes, yes, that was our discussion last week. Uh, I loved that discussion. Uh, I am part of the crowd that believes that kids do not play with uh, action figures. However, I do admit that I am in a toy collector bubble. So, as someone who does not have a, a kid of my own, I will defer to your knowledge about that. Right, yeah. And like I said, like uh, when I was like mentioning that last week... A lot of people, like, I've been hearing that, are the people that, like, they're in the action figure group. They just don't actually have kids. And so they have, like, that whole perception of other people's kids just watch TV or play on the tablet or play video games. (laughs) So, like, so I have two nieces Uh um, that are uh, uh, six and seven. And the toys that they play, like, they they have a couple dolls, but they don't really... The ones they play with the most are their Lego, and they do play a lot of video games, but that's because their dad is a video gamer. Right. And so that kind of, like, put it into perspective how you were saying, like, oh, like, they're kind of just emulating your parents, so if you play with kid toys, too, the kids will play with toys. Right. Yeah. The flip side is, I do buy kids toys, <laughs> um, because, because some kids' toys, like, nowadays, like, these uh, Sonic the Hedgehog toys from Jack Specific. Yeah. 
like they're making like Dr. Eggman is one of my favorite characters of all time. And it's like I have five Dr. Eggmans. I have Bad Mixed. I have Silver Sonic from <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Nice. Like that's the first time he's ever had an action figure. So Yeah. I love that kids have access to that kind of stuff. Um and I you know, by proxy, I love that I have access to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um so I I I, I but I love what you said about how watching kids have toys with like and just like watching their their imagination unlock like that was really cool and i would love to see that someday oh yeah oh oh my gosh it's it is just so amazing like i mean even things that our son like did this morning i was like i'm just so just impressed i mean like uh today was all baby shark uh like toys and like you know naturally yeah 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 exactly and and like you know it really was like baby shark was like hanging out with mommy and daddy and then grandpa was grandpa and grandma was over there too and then yeah they're on a train like you know just the way he just does stuff it's actually really cool because i used to do that too like i would i would combine action figures i still do i still combine like you know, I, I buy, like, you know, Power Rangers monsters so I can put them with Ninja Turtles. And, oh, yeah. Um, like, My Hero Academia, which is a very popular anime. Yes, yes. Um, I mix those characters with Marvel characters. Uh, to be honest, they go well with Marvel characters. They go well with Marvel characters. So it's like I have Deku running around with Miles Morales. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just, yeah. Uh, the movie, so I have a good story about, you guys talk about the Kino action figure from... Yes. Uh, NECA. Uh, so a couple years ago, I used to be on a podcast called The Retrocon. Uh-huh. And one of my favorite episodes that we ever did was about one of my favorite movies, Surf Ninjas. Yes. Um, and so just kind of living where I live and knowing who I know, I got um, Nick Cowan, who played Adam in the movie. Oh, nice. My brother, to come on our show. Oh, cool. Um, and it was a funny story. Like He did album artwork for my friend's band. Oh okay. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. so they just put me in touch with him. Oh nice. Like that's how close. That's how close of like a Kevin Bacon I was to him. Wow, that's um, so cool. And so, so Nick comes on the show and like he told us uh, kind of the story of how the movie came about, and uh, they made the movie because everybody loved him in Ninja Turtles too. Oh, oh wow. Like they like that was that was the test to see if Ernie Reyes Jr. would could be. A leading character. Uh, oh wow! No, I I totally done not even thought about that because I because uh, I know I mentioned this uh, last uh, last week. I remember he was in a TV show. I can't remember what that TV show was called, but I remember growing up, I loved that TV show, and I want to say I, I didn't. I can't remember the TV show. I, I know which one you're talking about. But I can't remember it. Right. Surf Ninjas was where I was like, I know everything about this movie, man. <laughs> I wish that episode was still available. Um, I don't even have a master copy of that episode at all. Oh, no. Yeah. It, it, it's, I'll put it all in cloud. I, I, that's what I did with this podcast. All Every episode of this podcast is on the cloud. So See, just, that was the problem. Was like we didn't, like, I know. You didn't have cloud 20, back then? It was 2017 when we recorded that episode. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a little so, yeah, early. Uh, 20, 2016, 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It was a total bummer. But, yeah. Um, Bebop's metal brace on his leg. Oh, I wanted to bring that up. It's in the show, by the way. <laughs> so, it, in the show and on the animation model and the uh, NECA action figure, it is just a, it's just a ring on his leg. Right. On the action figure from Playmates and the Super 7 version, it is a leg brace. 
So it goes from the top of his leg to uh, his shin. Oh, gotcha. So I and so I think just the reason they did it like that on the show was just you know animation just to make it easier. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe it's like one of those thigh belts that like you know all the X Men had in that in that same time. So right. Well, like if you noticed, like because it's very prominent in like the first season and maybe season two, but then it kind of gets lost, and that's just because animation, um, it's, like, when you have everything balanced, it's easier. So, like, sometimes it's there, but, like, most of the time it's not in the newer episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, because um, in the first season, and I think for a couple episodes of season two, uh, Rocksteady has uh, army print on mm-hmm. his pants. Yeah. And that, that goes away very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the animator's not going to want to do that. They're like, oh, nope, nope, screw that, make it brown. There's, like, there's like ten different animation studios between the first four seasons. Right. Um, and I I haven't been able to identify a lot of them, but I know like I know certain ones stick out in my mind. Like one of them is uh, Cowabunga Shredhead. Right. One of my favorite episodes of season three. Oh, it's um, favorite episode by far. That, my... that is an animation studio that I think only did two more episodes. I think. You, uh, you could be right. I'll, the only ones I can like really pick out is the Dublin ones. I know when when it's a Dublin episode because... <laughs> what? They're bad, exactly. No, they, they are. They're really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, and, and I know so, Toei did the first season. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing is, like, a lot of dudes are like, oh, the first, anima- the first season's got the best animation. And it's like, did you watch the entire season? Or you only remember, you know, Turtle Tracks and Shredder Splinter? Right, 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 exactly. Because... You know, a thing about rats is a really, really rough episode. Yes, yes, it's yeah. To- it's it's definitely animated by Toei, but it's not the eighty. Right, right, right. Exactly. No, I agree with you there. Uh, okay, and then last thing. Uh, on a, I also like coffee at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I have I like to have coffee like after lunch, um, just to kind of coast into the rest of the day. Um, you guys did not. You teased it, but you didn't tell your Bigfoot story. So I really want to hear that. Sometime. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, <laughs> honey, you wanna uh, you wanna say the Bigfoot? You you want you wanna tell Mike the Bigfoot story and our listeners the Bigfoot story? So we just have I mean, this. They, they all came here to listen to me talk about Hokum hair, but <laughs> but <laughs> but what <but, but>, were <laughs> story? <laughs> so we just have this kind of joke between each other that uh, because I'm saying that. Uh, I, I watched some documentary and everything. I'm saying that uh, Bigfoots are real. She at believes least, in Bigfoot. Uh, at least I like them to be real. And he 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 laughed at me, so... Um, we have because to... they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say... Don't discredit her like that. No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. There's a chance that Bigfoot might be real. <laughs> I'm with you, Anna. I'm with you, Anna. We share coffee and we share Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. So, so the uh, so the other thing about Bigfoot though is that there one of our neighbors has this cutout <laughs> of Bigfoot, and uh, whenever I go like running, like sometimes I'll go and like take a selfie with myself with that cutout, and I'll, I'll like I'll like text her and be like, "Honey, I just found Bigfoot. He's <laughs> <laughs> in our neighborhood. Be careful." Yes, we have this Bigfoot competition with each other. <laughs> he okay. wants to prove that. We we used to have a similar thing with my dad. Like he swore he saw like these purple flowers while we were camping one time. Uh-huh. Like an area that doesn't have purple flowers. <laughs> so like for years we would be like, ah, oh, purple flowers. <laughs> uh, all right, 
and then my last note here, uh, my favorite Gordon Ramsay show was Hotel Hell. Oh, oh gosh. Um, okay, which one was Total Hell? Because I'm blanking on that one. Because oh, Hotel Hell. Oh, Hotel Hell. Oh, 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 that was a freaky. Okay, um, I didn't watch too many of that, only because the trailers freaked me out when they showed like the night rats like in the trailer or like in the commercials. <laughs> so Hotel Hell, it was him like basically going into the worst hotels uh-huh. and like kind of like almost like Kitchen Nightmares. He was like, I'm going to go fix this up. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's like that, just hotels. And I, I don't know, I guess... It's, it's the same exact premise, just hotels. Yeah. And, and so, the, so the reason why like that one was my favorite uh, is because I also hated it a lot. <laughs> uh, because uh, I used to work in the hotel industry. Oh. Uh, so like a lot of that kind of cut a little deep um, but also like it, it blew my mind because I'm like there's no way because some of these some of these are like very like metropolitan areas I think one of them was like LA and San yeah. Diego the San Diego one was one made me really mad because I'm like there's no way a hotel in downtown San Diego can be this poorly managed oh my god yeah no okay so I so I got really I got really irrationally at that yeah yeah I can like so some behind the scenes stuff I do know about I don't know about Hotel Hell but like uh, with uh, Kitchen Nightmares they the show does plant some stuff in there uh-huh. uh, and that's just because they need to have that drama right. and and the people who the people who like uh, who sign up to be a part of the show they are aware that things can be planted in there like it, it so uh, like it so the thing is like not not everything is kind of true they just it's just that like you know if they just go in there and like oh no you don't wash your bed sheets i mean it's like it's not gonna be an exciting episode they just need they need to put like oh my god you got pigeons in these bed sheets the whole time and what what is this now you have um a rats playing the violin and <laughs> And I think and that's and that's kind of what made me so mad about it was like knowing how hotels should run. I was like, there's no way this is like this is like that. Like, yeah, obviously it's all theater. It's all for entertainment. <laughs> but it was just funny how how affected I got. That um, <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares, the the very famous Amy's Bakery in, yeah. uh, in Scottsdale. That was around the corner from a hotel I used to manage. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was, so, like, I personally knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say, because speaking of, like, you know, like, uh, shows with plants and everything, uh, I don't know if it's still on. I think it was on Travel Channel or History Channel, some channel that should not be having a show like this, but it was about, like, action figures and, like, you know, like, like people having like rare action figures and they able to go and like grab like their bins that they've had in the attic and be and then to go and like oh oh my gosh they've they have this figure and and there was only like five ever made and then the person's like oh I was not I was not that big of a he man I just I don't know how I got this yeah. like like I like those really made me bad because I was like okay I know that's a plant one hundred percent that's a plant there's oh yeah yeah there's there's that one episode of uh, Pawn Stars uh-huh. where, like, the guy walks in with a Kevin Eastman signed copy, like, copy of uh, issue one. Uh huh. And it's like the expert, quote unquote, they bring in, and I'm like, "Are you an expert? Do right. you know? Do you know what they have?" Well, exactly. It's like, wait a minute here. Hold on here. 
because like and the way they valued it was like really weird um and then because like i love kevin eastman but the man is the man is turning into stan lee it, oh he signs everything <laughs> yeah that's what i mean by he tur- he's turning into stan lee like it's the best and the worst thing he yeah. will sign anything so he's he's effectively devalued his signature oh yeah which is fine because i believe that when you get an autograph you should get an autograph for sentimental reasons right no i agree you remember I don't believe in reselling autographs. I hate that. Yeah. And I I can say uh, most conventions I've been to where Stanley is, the first autograph, he won't charge you. But then if you want multiple autographs, he starts charging you. Yeah. That is that is true. I've, I've, the, he used to do um, a show, a local show out here. Oh. Um, just, just, he knew the owners and like it was close enough to his house that he could come out for Yeah. Um, and so that was... Exactly that. He he wouldn't charge for the first one, but then, you know, if you brought like ten things for him to sign, you know, he's going to charge you. Right. Because like because this is a weekly show, um, they you know a lot of the vendors would bring over stuff real quick for him to sign. Right. Right. So. Which makes sense. And I mean, honestly, as a as a celebrity, that that's a fair. I would say that's a fair thing to do because if someone's bringing you a lot of stuff for you to sign more than likely that person wants to sell it and like why 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 should he get profit off of like something that you're you're doing as courtesy like going back to the talking tunes podcast rob um that rob hosted yeah uh so they used to record that live at the um hollywood improv okay and so after the show they would do the signing outside in like the little like courtyard area yeah and the problem, it got to be such a problem that dudes would camp out with a bunch of, like, you know, stuff for whoever the guest was of that episode and whatever, and just bombard, like, bombard them with trying to get autographs. Man, that, it, those it, people, it like, ruin things. Oh, yeah, it just, it got to the point where, like, they were really considering not doing autographs anymore, and which, you know, which really sucks, because, like, a lot of the time, like, this is the only time you're going to be able to meet that voice actor. Right. So, what they did is they they wound up, like, you had to buy a ticket to the show. Okay. And so, if you didn't have a ticket to the show, you weren't going to get an autograph, and that that did cut down. Yeah. Like, they would still buy tickets to the show, and then just wait outside, but, you know, it happened less. Right, right, exactly, because, to be honest, like... It, like e- even a case of like I don't, I don't know how much the tickets were, but even like ten dollars does kind of like push people away, like yeah. like uh, like you know like it which it I cuts think into, it cuts into their speculative profit. Right, right, exactly, yeah. So which I felt I felt that is fair. Yeah, it was it was one hundred percent fair. Like I fully endorsed that, and I was like, you know, by all means, yeah. If if it gets because I I just remember the guy like just with a tub of stuff. And, like, that was the tipping point that was, like, you know what? Like, this is really great. Here. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. What? 100%. He obviously, he's a reader. Yeah. I, if you remember, uh, one of the last times we saw Stanley, there there was a person ahead of us, and he had a whole cart full of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and like, uh, thankfully, they kind of, I know, I mean, he because you know, I'm pretty sure they'd let him do it, but they, they kind of pushed him off to the side, mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, because, like, that would have been awful for us to, to wait for him to sign all of that. Yeah. At that point, I think... That's the other thing is, like, they, they wait in line, and it's like, they feel like they're entitled to, like, that entire time, and it's like, no, these guys have, like, things to do on the show floor, too. Right, right, exactly. I've I've said this about, like, you know, uh, we're getting things signed and everything, and I know it's like, you know, most of it is like, oh, per item, and cost per item, and, like, people will be like, well, I paid for all of it and everything, but 
I mean, I think as a courtesy, like, getting more than two things signed um, is kind of rude for the person, like, next to you. Because then you have the other person, like, because that person has to, like, wait until, like, the other. And then also, you're you're devaluing that person that you're getting signatures. Because you, for that person to, like, he's going to look at you, he's like, oh, you're a reseller, you're not a fan of mine. Yeah, yeah it's like, like they're, exactly. They're they're gonna look at you like you you view them as as profit as right. a as a tool for you to make. Right. And so at that point, it's like yeah, that's that's not cool behavior. Right. Right. Exactly. All right, you guys ready to talk about uh, the turtles in the hair? <laughs> I think we're finally ready. I think we're finally ready. I th- you know I think this is the longest like pre <laughs> to the. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad it was me. Yes, I'm glad it was you too. All right, let's. All right, let's do this. All right, this week we're talking about syndicated season four, episode fourteen, "The Turtles and the Hair." This originally aired in March 28th, 1991. This was written by Misty Taggart and directed by Fred Wolf. All right, so. Before we get to the summary, just a few things I want to note. This episode did not originally come on TV. This originally came as a VHS copy called uh, The Turtles Totally Awesome Easter. And uh, 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 Old Man Winters actually like commented, like, oh, I guess uh, to- Totally Awesome uh, Easter is coming early this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I believe this episode aired like a week after. This was... 100% this one and the next one, which is Once Upon a Time Machine, was a uh, Easter basket kind of thing because it was like you know it it was a it was to sell uh, VHS copies for kids for ki- for parents to put in their kids uh, Easter baskets since Ninja Turtles were so hot. So they just which is how I wound up getting this episode. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I actually did have that VHS um, in my Easter basket. And I, I can tell you, just the bright blue of the uh, box, it was it stood out on a shelf. Uh-huh. And, like, it just screamed, this is an Easter product. Right. Nice. <laughs> I remember I wanted it, and, like, of course, like, I mean, if you guys listen to other podcasts, you know my parents had, my mom had this big thing about not buying me v- VHS types. Um, but uh, it, I, it just, I don't know if it, I don't know if they advertised it on TV or what, but all of a sudden, like, it aired, like, the like the week or, like, the... It aired, like, right before Easter on TV. So I was like... So it, it came as a surprise, especially at this point, there was no more syndicated episodes of Ninja Turtles, and all the new episodes were in CBS. And at this point... So this and the next episode are the only episodes to ever premiere in March because everything else is in the beginning of... Or I should say... The beginning of the season year, which season years usually start at September. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, the, like... So this is technically the Easter special, which in TV, there isn't a whole lot of Easter specials. Right, right. So the fact that we got one is we, really kind of weird and also kind of neat. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I want to note, because uh, I thought this was, I thought this was uh, strange, so on uh, the DVD, the DVD shows the syndicated episode uh opening but on digital for some reason it's the cps opening i which i thought was really weird i thought that was weird too i was like wait i have them i have them on both and i uh recently just bought all the um 
bought all bought all the seasons digitally because I didn't want to put my DVDs in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, yeah. We do the same. Uh, yeah. It's it's great. Uh, highly recommended. Buy everything digital. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, buy buy physical, put it on the shelf, but then buy digital for the kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. If, if you, um, but but I thought it was really weird that it had the CBS opening. because yeah. because I, I I remember the CBS opening. Like I remember seeing it occasionally because right. like, the things that would stick out were like the um, the eye catches. Right. Um, were just were so different than what we were used to, and it's like a lot of it was a lot of it looked like it was specially animated for the. Um, for the intro. Yes, yes. A lot of it was for the intro. Okay. So probably the one that is for the digital is a mistake. I guess so, but I just don't know how the... I don't, I don't know. I, like, I don't know how, like, Lionsgate or, like, did that. <laughs> like, it, it was just weird. I just... I, I found it weird. I just... Because if it was on both DVD, then, like, a DVD and digital, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is the only copy that they had. Because they only have, like... And, like, I know... Because I watched both the DVD and the digital, and it's the, both the same master copies, because they both have the same um, transfer mistakes. <laughs> like, so... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. Um, but... Which, that's an interesting conversation to have, too, is, like... The the masters for this show, like I don't I don't believe they exist anymore. Oh, I, I believe they're all thrown out. Like I yeah, a hundred percent. So it's like whenever I whenever I see dudes like talking about like oh we should get a Blu-ray you know release of this, I'm like <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna happen, guy. Like. <laughs> Oh god! Several reasons. I have like um, so many times I hear like I, I hear so many times like oh we should have a Blu-ray of this '90s cartoon or this '90s cartoon or this '90s cartoon. I'm like, dude, there was filmed in video cassette. Like, yeah, they're yeah, exactly like, and and all 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 a you know 4K res is gonna do on this show is just make you realize how ugly everything is. Right, 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 exactly. It's only going to highlight the worst things that you don't want to remember. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, and I know they've done it for, like, Batman and... Um, yeah, like, that was the thing, is, like, Batman, Batman, they didn't get rid of the Masters. So they had something to kind of restore and right. build off of. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just that, I mean, yeah, Ninja Turtles, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that all this like everything that was like original is like psh, all gone. Like no, no, I don't think anyone's gonna have it. And, yeah, like yeah, like the only thing that you're gonna be finding like originally are like those animation cells, but are but are like animation from our past, like right. those kind of stores. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you'll find those cells, but you'll never like the actual film. Like I don't even think like the master recording audio like is exists anymore. No, I I definitely I definitely agree there. All right, so uh, I know I know you do this to our guests, honey, uh, because uh, normally Anna does the summary, but you know since we do have a guest, yes, yes. who is the Holcomb hair expert, and he is a certified Ninja Turtles expert, unlike us who are just like just a couple of slums that just like you know we just pretend that's fine it'll be it'll be a very truncated uh description oh god uh so our episode opens with krang deciding that uh he's going to unleash his new invention the docilizer ray uh which conveniently looks like a remote control because all of his inventions look like a remote control <laughs> the evil plan is to have bebop and rocksteady dresses easter bunnies and crash the channel six easter party egg hunt 
and use the docilizer <laughs> ray as uh, on everybody, which is just a, it's a fantastic plan, just right out the bat, like right out the gate. It's right. amazing. Uh, April watches from afar as she notices Bebop and Rocksteady are testing the ray out and calls the Ninja Turtles for ha- for help. But as she's doing that, she gets zapped by the docilizer ray and is turned into a feeble rabbit. Oh no! To stop them, the turtles must find a Cyranium crystal, and which just does not happen to exist on this plane of existence. So Donatello, using his portable uh, portable portal generator, uh, scans all known dimensions to find the Cyranium crystal before locating it in what is known as the fairy tale dimension. Leonardo bravely decides that he's going to be the one to go get it because he's got to save their friends, and Raph joins him reluctantly. As they get in there evading Jack and the Beanstalk and other famous fairy tale creatures, they run into the hero of the story, our legend, the one, the only, the fabled rabbit of the tortoise and the hare fairy tale, Hokum Hare. <laughs> Hokum thinks that they're the tortoises that he's supposed to be racing, uh, and initially decides that he's not, he doesn't like them very much. Hokum thinks that, that they are the tortoises that he is supposed to race, and as he does, and uh, as he does, the turtles are trying to find the Cyranium crystal. So he insists on following. They run into the giant of Jack and the Beanstalk fame, who then takes one of their turtle comps and back up to his lair as one of his many treasures. As they climb the Beanstalk into there, they find out that the giant actually has the Cyranium. So they steal it. Hokum Hare actually beats them to it. And as they do it, they convince Hokum Hare that they're actually the good guys, and they need to get that back to Earth so that they can help save all their friends. As they all come back uh, together, they stop Shredder and Krang from broadcasting the Docilizer array using a conveniently world's largest microwave satellite dish, which is just outside the city. Hokum Hare gets to stand in as the Easter Bunny as everything it wraps up nicely, because April's just like, we need an Easter Bunny because the other guy didn't show up. <laughs> The end. That was probably the most dramatic <laughs> summary we have ever gotten, and it's amazing. And now I just like want to just like just get Mike to do all the summaries now, just like <laughs> with that dramatic, all that dramaticness. Oh, I love this. As, I actually as, as, we found say on, as we say on our show, riveting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's start breaking down this episode. Before before we break down this episode, I'm still surprised that in Ninja Turtle Power Hour, they're able to do, like, two or three episodes, like, within 90 minutes, while Anna and I, we take two hours for one episode. We did, we did spend over an hour just talking about other stuff. That's true. That is very true. Our structure, we usually, we usually jump right into the discussions, and our our summaries are usually pretty pretty wrapped up, which that was a flavor of how we do our uh, recaps. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. If you want more awesome recaps like that, definitely check out Ninja Turtle Power Hour. But let's go ahead and start breaking down this episode. So the first thing I wrote about this episode, because, like, you know, uh, this is, like, Dantel's, like, waking up the turtles because he's like, hey, I made a machine, guys, and... Like, you know, I'm going to say, like, uh, if my brother woke me up because he made a machine, I would, like, punch him in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, let me sleep. Like, and, and he's 
he wants to show them the brand new like machine he made and like Raph and them are right like uh, Raph's like you it's a new machine you always do new machines right you R- do machine you do machine it's in the theme song <laughs> it's in the theme song and then like Leo's like come on there'll be no shutting him up if you <laughs> right 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 don't listen to him right the one thing I wrote it like so we see like Raph's room and like you know kind of like that little cubby whole part of his room yeah. Raphael has swords on his wall. I don't know I if you saw that too. Yes, I yes. That too. I was and like, it's like they're they're like weird, like curved, like scimitars. Yeah, they're not quite like katanas or any other sword. They're just like generic fantasy sword. Right, right. I just, I just thought it was weird. I'm like, you just move a little. <laughs> yeah, like, and so the the turtles, um, they're still sleeping in the in the individual tubes in the sewer. Yeah, and so. Because uh, I remember, like, famously in the first season, they had that four-story punk bed. Yes, yes, they had a four-story punk bed. All right, so by, like, by like season three, they, they like, get their own rooms. Like, I guess, like, yeah. I guess Splinter, like, uh, upgraded. See, we've, we've had this theory that what happens, because in season two, they have a different layer. And then season three, they go, they have, like, the, the layer from season one. But somehow there's, like, n- more room. For them, we think what happened was after like the Technodrome came in, like they had to like go move into a new layer in season two, and then after season two, like they went and like renovated, like their season one layer went back. Theory. Because <laughs> there is a room that's missing that we that we see in the miniseries that we never see again. It's the weapon room. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, it's the cool room with like the twisty door. Yeah. Yeah, so... This is my favorite room. <laughs> the, oh, the turtle's room? Yeah. <laughs> the, four, the four pipes? I, I want to see, like, individually, like, what they all have in it. Because, like, we see, like, the side views. Like, we see yeah. perhaps fantasy swords. But we never see, like, what they all have in them. Right, right. Because if I remember, like, one of them, like, uh, either Donatello or Michelangelo has, like, an airplane or something like that on top. Like, like yeah. suspended on a string or something. Like, we don't actually get, like, good view of the rooms. We just have, like, just the... Little cubbyhole things. See, you guys are just giving ideas to uh, Super Seven to make another seven hundred dollar <laughs> toy. I don't think we need to give them ideas to make a seven hundred dollar toy. I think they're good. Uh, a sewer, a seven hundred dollar sewer play set. Mm, I never had one when I was when I was younger. So I would probably pay that. That might be my only chance. <laughs> I think I would pay seven hundred dollars for a sewer play set. I'm just saying. <laughs> Seven hundred dollars for a Technodrome. Oh, oh yes, I would. I would do. Never, I never had the Technodrome when I was younger. Never had so. the Technodrome when I was younger either. And uh, that was like one of my college regrets. Is I had this guy. He messaged me, "Hey, I'm selling a bunch of stuff." And one of them was the Technodrome, mm-hmm. and I never got back to him. And I was like, "Oh, I should have come back." I know. One of mine is uh, a friend of mine. Um, her boyfriend at the time was. Uh, we we were talking. Like it was the first time I had been over his his house. And, like, I was getting to know him, and I'm looking at all his stuff, and he had the pizza thrower. Oh, nice. Just on just on the fireplace. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, oh, like, I loved the pizza thrower when I was younger. Um, he's like, do you want it? And I was like, um, but, like, I just met you, so it's kind of weird. Mike, next time someone tells you you want the pizza thrower, just say yes. <laughs> say yes. Um... But, yeah, so I, tur- I did turn it down. Um, oh, my God, no. I know. I know. That was uh, a mistake. It, it is a regret. However, he did turn out to be a really bad boyfriend. 
I'm glad I don't. I have this. I'm glad I have the story to remember him by. I'm glad I don't. Have you don't have the item to remember him by because you, then you have to like wash out all that bad juju. Exactly. I did find my old pizza oh, no. in my parents' garage, so at least I have that. It's not as in good condition though. Hey, hey, hey! You got a pizza thrower. That's my pizza. It's thrower. your pizza thrower that does not come with bad boyfriend vibes. Exactly. <laughs> I also found like my old party wagon. Um, like and it, you know, it's the typical party wagon. Like the yeah. door, the the foot masher door broke off. Right, it broke off. Um, but it, it's been in the garage for over twenty years. Oh wow! Uh, in fact, in fact, it's been in two garages. My parents moved and took it with them. Uh huh. The color that it turned. <laughs> and I post I posted it on my Twitter before. I have to dig up the picture again. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. The, but the color that it turned, I've never seen any other vintage turtle wagon party wagon turn this color oh wow <laughs> and it's like it's like the yellow is like a cheddar cheese now oh wow it's like it's so weird the color that it turned so. <laughs> we so you know playmates did the reissue um i actually bought my our son a turtle wagon and a uh, blimp. I never had to blimp, but oh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, but we haven't opened it yet. We're gonna give it to him when he's a little bit older, <laughs> when he's able to appreciate Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was about four when I started. When my parents started giving me turtles toys. Yeah, um, no, I, I think four and, is a good age. Yeah, I I I because I, I, I got some age I was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I had the party wagon. I had the blimp. Um, I don't have the reissues. They just they have not hit any of the WalMarts by me. Oh and wow, that's that's part of the problem with living in Southern California is everybody like there's one place and this is the, the place I mentioned that Stanley used to do his shows at. Yeah, um, because it's a weekly show and there's a bunch of vendors there. They kind of scalp all oh. of Southern California. Oh, I oh I I bet I because um like I said I go to Morphicon and I. I kind of figure because like every time I go to Morphicon, every time like the new uh, Power Ranger figures come out, somehow they have a whole stock of them. Yeah. And like I'm like I haven't even these haven't even reached Georgia yet. Wait a minute, how do you get? How do you have so many of them? I mean, granted, we are closer to the port where they all come out right. from China, but it is yeah, it it, it really does suck because like so I'll go out to I'll go out to that place and I'll find the figures, but of course they're gonna be like forty dollars more. I'm not going to pay that for the vintage party wagon. Like I'm going to try and keep finding it, try to find it on my own. Right. No, I, yeah, no, I totally understand that. So, uh, going back into Ninja Turtles, cause we have not made it past the first scene yet. We're, st we're still in the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we find out that, uh, that Donatello, um, he made an Easter egg machine where he puts, uh, raw eggs. Cause at first I wrote, uh, the eggs aren't boiled, but then like, no, he said he put raw eggs in there. Yes, it was yeah. raw eggs. And, and so that's the thing is like the machine doesn't boil them either. Right, it just we steams find, them. We find out when Michelangelo like malfunctions the machine, like they're still because there's painted raw eggs. Right, right, exactly. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, because like I'm like, the eggs didn't become hard or boiled. Like you gotta hard boil the eggs. <laughs> like yeah, like when he gets splattered by the eggs, it's all like you know yolks and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have a point where Dante's doing the whole dad jokes thing where he's just all everything he has is egg puns. Yeah, just the excellent and Yeah. Um, like, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then Raphael's like, Oh I was like, Are you just gonna continue this whole thing with egg puns? 
oh god and then and then like raf's like that's it <laughs> yes yes it's just the driest like that's it <laughs> yes 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 uh yes yes i, I love that something that um uh, i uh wrote for the start of the show was that um I feel like this was one of the. This is one of the few episodes that um, the episode start at night because we start uh, from outside. Oh, outside, oh, dark, the, and uh, the well, pan. I, I think it's morning. I think it's just before, as you say, before the sun wakes up. Oh, okay. <laughs> because but, 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 but she is right. Like it's it's yeah. It is definitely one of the old one of the only episodes where like it doesn't open up on like a daytime scene. Like, right. Normal normally episodes open up and like April's on the news or something. Right, 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 right. And the sky's bright blue. And this one, the sky's like reddish kind of. It's not red sky. It's not red sky. <laughs> not red sky yet. <laughs> but it is a red. It is like reddish sky. thing. It's almost like the sun is rising. But no, no, you're actually right about that. Yes, I'm also. But it makes sense because like the, the boys are still in bed. So yeah. Like that part makes. Sense. Yeah, um, from the animation part, I I actually really like the the camera movement that uh, started until like um because we didn't have like a cut or like a, a dissolve like to go from that scene to the other one until we get to the machine. It was all the camera movement. Oh, gotcha. It just kind of like pans in there. Yes. Yeah. No. And... See, see, this, this is why you, we need you here because I don't pay yeah, attention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, I'm like looking at it at the most superficial level, and it's like, I, I like, I'm an animation enthusiast. Like, I used to want to be an anime, animation historian when I was younger, and I remember I bought like one animation encyclopedia, and I was like, this is my training. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but you're right. Like, it, it is, it's just one solid camera move, and as it like pushes in, and it's, it, it, there is some really cool. Like this, this episode's not one of the better animated ones, right? But it is, but it's one of more one of the more solid animations. Yes, yes, I agree because this is this is not Dublin. I mean, it's like, but it's not not like the greatest. Yeah, it's not the greatest. It's not like Mercury Mer Wolf um, has like better animation studios. Yeah, but yeah, because they because they they've done Toei, they've done I I think TMS has been one of them. Yeah, I think I think Dublin. Uh, there was a Canadian one, and I, I can't remember the others, but but yeah, like it, 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 like I said, this this is one of the more solid ones. There is there is still a lot of animation error, errors and a lot of off model. Yes, a lot of off model. No, I I got some animation errors. Don't worry, I got some like uh, later on. But no, no, I definitely agree with both of you guys. So as we as we go to the next scene, uh, my favorite favorite line I, I mentioned in my recap is. Shredder's just like, oh, great, another, like, you know, oh, a TV remote control. Somebody's already invented that crane. <laughs> that crane just dryly, like, all of my inventions look like remote controls. I love that Krang uh, uh, mentioned that. I mean, I wrote it down in our notes. Um, oh, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I mean, I just like he just pointed it out, yeah, all my inventions look like remote controls. Because at this point, yes, a lot of his... That's true. Yeah, it's, it's entirely true. Like every every ray, every radar, every sensor, everything they've given, like he's given them, has looked like a TV remote control. Right. Right. Exactly. Like even the communicators are remote control. Yes. 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 They they do. They really do. And so uh, they make that joke, and then here comes Bebop and Rocksteady. You guys want to let me know what they look like? <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> yes. Yes. Both of them looks like bunnies. 
Now, they look like a couple, they look like a couple of NECA action figures. Yeah, that's I wanted to get into that. They look like yeah. So uh, recently, like oh god, I shouldn't say recently. It was a year ago. Yeah, it was it was last year's Loot Crate box. Yeah, it was last year's Loot Crate box. I no, forgot. It was, it was no, it was two years ago. Loot Crate box. Well, it was two, but it came out in 2021. Like at the well, end. Yeah, it, but but the pre-order period. Anyway. Right, right, right. What we're right. arguing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, Loot Crate made. Uh, NECA made the exclusive figures for, for Loot Crate. If you guys don't know, uh, NECA owns Loot Crate because Loot Crate was going to go out of business. And then NECA was like, hey, I'm going to buy you guys and make you guys even uh, delay even longer than normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so so one, of the, one of the crates was, uh, was it Bebop? Was it, it was Bebop in yes. bunny costume. Yeah, it was Bebop in a bunny costume. And then... And then the bonus for getting all four, for all three, was the uh, was Rocksteady. It could be the other way around now, but uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those two long heads. But yeah, it's, it's like it was one of those things. It's like you can't have one without the other. Right, right, right. Exactly. I do want to note uh, about okay. the action figures is that they both come with Easter baskets. They're the ones that the turtles had later in this episode, and also they both come with the Docilizer uh, remote Which is control. Amazing. Yes, I thought that was amazing. Like that's something I love that NECA does. NECA like pay attention to these details, <laughs> and, which got me really excited because I was like, "We're this close to a Hokum Hair action figure." That close? They're they're listening this to you. Close. They're listening yeah. to you, man. They're listening. Yeah, they, yeah. NECA like Randy, listen to me, buddy. I need Hokum Hair for next Easter. Look, look. Randy listens to this podcast. He really does. Well, I know he does. He <laughs> talks about it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, I mean. I know I've been mentioning Zack and Lotus Blossom, but you know we we need to put Hokemon hair like you know we, we that needs to go on there too. So also Zack is one of my top five that I need. Oh oh yeah oh uh, Zack uh, Rex one Rex one oh Rex one is a good one too. Um, the Great Boldini. Oh gosh, you I, I really we both really like that episode. And I would love a variant of Shredder as Cowabunga Shredder. That would be a good. Uh, I, I just want to be able to like to remove the mask so he can have it like half on. I would actually we. I would love uh, Shredder in the cool like out his Florida outfit when he goes and turns the makes the punk frogs. Oh yeah, yeah. I would like that. I mean, of course, I would love a business suit Shredder and a business suit uh, Casey Jones. Also, I want business suit turtles too. I I just want every everyone who appeared in the show in a business suit. Just give me a business suit version of them. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's that. I mean, joking aside, like there's there's all the different turtle costumes that NECA can do, and they've already teased that they're going to do the style guide brighter green turtle in disguise. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's a perfect opportunity to re-release those figures with different costumes. It's yes. A perfect opportunity. Yes, it would be a perfect opportunity. You know, and. You know, uh, to be honest, it'd be a perfect opportunity to give them the punk rocker uh, outfits. Yeah, you know, it kind from, of from season one makes sense. But now I don't know why I kind of want a Splinter with uh, Easter Bunny costume. You want a Splinter with Easter Bunny costume? Bunny <laughs> costume. <laughs> I feel like all his like prestige. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love. I would love to see somebody make a custom uh, bunny costume for the for the Splinter too. Oh yeah, no, I, I I think I think that would be amazing. Yes. So so we so we have Bebop and Rocksteady as um as, as rabbits and everything, and then we actually get a fourth wall break.
Fourth wall break! Mutant turtle filth! It's not true. We shower regularly. From Rock City. And I want to know, there's two fourth wall breaks in this episode, and none of them come from Ra Raphael, which is, like, almost, like, unheard of. Um, but in this fourth wall break, Rock City says, oh, great, I think this episode is going to be full of rabbit jokes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the best. This is going to be full of rabbit jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst Rocksteady impression I've ever done. It's, yeah. it's, I can't even attempt to do Rocksteady. Like, there, yes. There's so many characters I can do. Rocksteady, not one of them. I, I can do, I, I can do like Cam Clark's like He-Man and Leonardo because they're both the same. <laughs> but, yeah. and, and, uh, uh, and another character we're going to get into in this episode because... <laughs> It's the same as well, but his yeah. his his rock steady. I don't know. Like uh, it's, it's a talent. It's it, 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 it's a hard one. It, it's a hard one. Like I mean, Perfect my blend of like bumbling and like my mind was blown when I found out he did rock steady's voice. Oh yeah, who did that? Uh, Cam Clark, the voice of Leonardo. Yeah, and Barry Gordon plays uh, Bebop. He plays Bebop. Yeah. Yes, yes, but I mean, but I I hear Barry in Bebop. I just don't hear Cam in Roxanne. There, there was a there was a funny joke that Barry had made at one of the at one of the live podcast shows. Uh huh. Barry just makes a really funny joke about um, how he's a Jewish man playing a pig, and I just <laughs> I just at that point like it blew my mind. I was like, oh yeah, he's Bebop. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually uh, that is actually pretty funny right there. Like uh, I mean. I mean, none of us, both of us, we don't play pigs, but we, but since we're Muslim, like, you know, we, we have, uh, we can relate to that. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a good joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so after this, like, you know, Beep and Rock City, they, uh, uh, they go, they go, uh, towards Earth and everything, and, uh, we cut into Channel 6, where we see April holding a, uh, Easter Bunny costume, which... I don't know if you guys noticed this, but at one point, because the the bunny suit is like gray, it look, it's like Bugs Bunny gray. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, gray. it's Bugs Bunny gray, and it just looks unwashed. Right. Yeah, but then at one point, because she's trying to get uh, Burns and Vernon uh, to wear it, and then like she cuts to another angle, and it turns totally white. I don't know if like I mean I'm sure like they just forgot. I don't know if they forgot to paint it or they just forgot that it was not gray. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It turns white. Just one of those quirky animation errors. Right, right, exactly. I, I, I said I found out some animation errors here. Found. Uh, I, I missed it. I wanted to talk about. Um, but I thought it was really weird. Uh, so when we go into Channel Six, April is talking to not Irma, but Mildred. Mildred. Okay, I want to get into Mildred, but there's a scene before we see Mildred. Okay. Oh, uh, because I have a whole thing on Mildred. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> but before we get into Mildred, this is like when Beep and Rock said he to go into Earth. And, uh, and then like, you know, like, the you know, there's a, there's a girl. She's like, oh, look, there's two Easter bunnies. And then like, uh, Beep and Rock said are like being mean about it. And then we have who I'm just going to dub as Chuck Driver Hero. 
I mean, yeah. this it's just this truck driver. He comes in, and then he just like, parks his truck right in front of Channel just 6. Stops it in the middle of traffic. Yes, right? exactly. Like, and he's like, those kids. Yeah, exactly. He's like, don't you be messing with those kids. <laughs> like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, he, like literally, he's just driving, and then he was like, oh, wait, there's these two Easter rabbits being mean to this little girl. I'm going <laughs> to stop this truck right that here. To be fair, that kid was really annoying because she's like, do you have an egg for me, huh? huh? Yeah. Like, I'd be meaning that kid, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So The truck driver, the, he- the hero truck driver is hilarious. It's, it's one of Rob Paulson's, like, character voices. Yeah. And it's just, it's so obvious that it's, that it's Rob. Yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. No, and so, this is, like, basically, wife, they use the scene. I play this game uh-huh. where, like, we always try to pick out voice actors. Uh-huh. And so like we, we just we have certain ears for certain things. And Rob is one of those one of those ones that we'll always be able to pick out no matter what he's in. So Anna can't pick out voice actors that well. Okay. But Rob, she can like she can hear him a mile away now. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if it's because she talked to him a few times now and he, she knows his voice or like uh like she knows like most of his characters, like because uh uh she just uh I just introduced her to Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain and then she was like Wait a minute, that's Rob Paulson. Wait a minute, that's also Rob Paulson. <laughs> what that person's Rob Paulson? Exactly. <laughs> Who is Rob Paulson not voicing in this show? I just can't uh, recognize him. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, so Have you gotten to uh, the, 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 uh, the Nations of the World song? No, I need I need to introduce. Uh, we uh, so we have a song sheet of that song, by the way. Like oh. he he signed it, and so did the uh, composer. And I, I mean, uh, Randy Rogel. Yeah, there you go, Randy Rogel. Uh, my guess every time I say the composer, the, my guest knows who the person is, and the, but the person who actually got it signed, I always forgets his name. So I I have seen Animaniacs live. Oh, nice. Um, and so we're so he performed that song, and it was great because because it was a local show. Um, Jess Harnell, who played Wacko, and Tress McNeil, who played Dot, came out. And then Maurice LaMarche, who plays uh, Brain. The Brain, also came out, uh, and they all performed. Uh, Nations of the World, I, I performed that song in high school. Uh-huh. Um, we used to have this like, lip-sync competition, and so I, I performed that and won. Um, so I've always known that song, and so I've actually sang it back to Rob once. Oh, nice. Um, in front of my then-girlfriend, now wife. Nice. So that was just a funny... Because when she and I first started dating, I told her I knew the whole song, and I sang it for her, and then, like, I did it for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And so, we both, and so we both wound up singing it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is, that's so awesome. Like, well, we've, like, we've been to a couple of conventions where he, see, because every panel he, like, sings a song, because I, I think he yeah. knows that everyone wants to hear it, and where he actually does, like, a little updated, like, of, like, some of the countries that got updated and everything. So it's yeah, like, like, his, his new version for the countries that don't exist anymore. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and I actually really like it. I have not learned that. Before. I, I, I do, can't. I do need to update it all. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what those lyrics are because I, I heard it and then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like forgot it like five seconds later. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So. I can tell when it changed, but <laughs> I can't tell what the words are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. So Ro- Roxanne Bebop, they zap truck driver hero with the <laughs> docilizer array, and now he becomes scared. And then there's this like brief second when he's hiding behind a bush, and then he was like, he goes ask the the girl's mom for the for, carrots for the carrots, and then but he has like these like rabbit teeth. 
Like and it just and just for like five seconds and then and, and then it's gone. Then his like mouth is normal again. Oh, really? Yes. It, it is. A, it is a little weird. And it's like, do these? <laughs> do, does the Dossalizer Ray turn them into rabbits, or just give them characteristics of rabbits? Right. It's just because like it. It's it's like okay. Are they scared like rabbits? Or are they are are they? scared as rabbits i mean are they rabbit people rabbit? right 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 exactly it's not really clear and i don't think the show ever i don't think like the writers knew what it was clear they're just like you know ah. yeah yeah like they're it's, it's one of those things that's like it, you can't nitpick it 30 years later because it's like they didn't write it for that right 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 <laughs> and, exactly and so it, it's it's funny when when we as like you know as as fans when we try to dissect it, it, it sounds crazier the more we talk about it. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's the whole pur- purpose of this podcast, to nitpick exactly. everything. Why we do what we love. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, now, all right, now we're going back in Channel 6. Now let's talk about Mildred, because Mildred makes no sense. <laughs> doesn't, like, she doesn't make any sense. And what makes what made it even more annoying is that Mildred is played by Jennifer Darling, who plays Irma. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just Irma. Exactly. So, okay, when I first saw this character, the my immediate thought was, okay, maybe Jennifer Darling wasn't available that day, and they just had Renee Jacobs just voice a random woman, and just she's just talking to herself. And then I was like, no, that's Jennifer Darling. That's one hundred percent. That's Irma. Why? Why did they go and like go and make a new character, which I'm sure NECA is gonna be making an action figure for like the next Channel Six news set right now? Because like she will get an action figure before uh, before Hokum Hair does. I swear. I think they were. Uh, they, they'll make a two pack of uh, Mildred and uh, Hero Truck Driver. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Hero Truck Driver and Mildred. Uh, but yeah. So when I first saw Mildred, and I was like, I heard Jennifer Darling, and I was like, oh. That's Beta Irma. Like, that's that's pre-production prototype Irma. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, no, this is season five. We've had Irma for a long time. Right. Why did, they, why did we go, why did we, and, and the thing is, like, this is the only episode that Mildred appears in. Right. This is the only one she's in. I mean, and, like, I mean, like, constantly, because we have the joke of, like, oh, Channel 6 is only four people, and then, like, whenever we see someone else, it's like, whoa, whoa, where did this person come from? I mean, in this episode, we even have a cameraman that we never see again. Uh, but, like... And that's the thing, is, like, because we, we know there is... we I mean, there's the big four, April, yeah. Vern, Vern, and, and Irma. And then you have, there's two anchors. There's there's the one that Irma tried to get go on a date with. The, the handsome... The 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 handsome hunky uh, anchorman. Yeah, and then there's another one um, who who was in the earlier episode. Right. And then uh, there's April's news team, which I think the cameraman was supposed like there was there was one cameraman. There, there was the kid in the hat that knocked Vernon over. Right. And then there's the other cameraman with like the baggy khaki pants. Right. Right. And the baggy khaki pants one, I think, is just the just this version of the one from the first episode. Uh, uh, probably. Yeah, probably is. They just, but like this episode, they just added more people. But I mean, I, seriously, why, why Mildred? Like, why did why they, Mildred? why Mildred? Why, why did you go out your way, make a new, new character model when you have the voice actress of the character model that you have so many things that you're so used to? I have a feeling 
maybe the team they were working, uh, they they wanted to introduce a new character to work on it and to bring up more story because uh, when you look at the character, you see that they put effort to design him, like to right. design her, like differently. Look, I see. I agree with you. They. It's didn't... not the regular like all the women or men that you see in the street. They all look like each other. Right. They put like a see, body like... type for her and. Um, but I think um, they saw that it doesn't have the potential, so they just like, okay, <laughs> leave it. The, the, thing, the thing with Mildred, like, they, she's not a visually interesting character either. Right. Like, she's very, she's very bland, she's very, like, you know, she, she's a background character who got brought into the foreground. Right, right, exactly. I mean, and maybe if she had, like, uh, like three or four more episodes they could have like fleshed her out and like maybe pe people would have been like oh you know what? i like this character too let's have her with irma in april is this that they just i don't know i i feel like but I mean, they're with going a name, somewhere with a, with a name like mildred though yeah like, that's a, that's a comedy name right that's that's not a main character name that's not a side character name that that's a character like that's a character name that you make fun of right right exactly no you're absolutely Right about that. I don't know. It was just... That's why Mildred feels so weird. <laughs> yes. Yes. She just feels really weird. I I just... I, I really don't know what... I, I, I really want to know what the thought process was. Was, oh, let's bring this new character with the same voice actress of a, of a very... Of a character that people are already familiar with. And, that, and that's another thing. It's like... Producer, like Jennifer Darling's not up. doing a different voice either. She's just doing her Irma voice. Yeah, yeah, she's just doing... Yes, yes. She is just doing her Irma voice. She's not, like, you know, it's not that big of a difference between Irma and Mildred. It's just that, like, I, I just don't see a rhyme or reason why we needed a new character in syndicated season four episode 14 before we get into cbs which technically <laughs> yeah, this came out after cbs it's it's just so so wild and, and, and honestly like to to your average turtle fan like they're not gonna care right it's like but yeah like you know for for us first for the diehards like well like, why does Mil why is Mildred right that is the that is the rhetorical question of right why is why, why why is mildred exactly exactly well just when we get to, like, know her from, like, three lines, which, you know, they've already established, because as soon as she enters, like, oh, hey, Mildred, what's going on? Like, so it's like, oh, she's always been here. Um, yeah, Bebo Brox. <laughs> I think Brox. the best person, sorry, to answer your guys' question about her, you have to find a voice actor and talk to her. Uh, we need to find Misty Taggart. <laughs> she's the writer <laughs> yeah. of this episode. Misty, Misty is the culprit. Yes, yes. I don't know. Maybe Misty has a sister named Mildred, and she was like, "I want to put you." <laughs> She's credited as Misty. Um, uh, her real name is Susan Stewart Taggart. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. Both of them start with an M. Yeah, maybe. Yes, yes. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. Misty and or Susan, if you're listening to this show, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, let us know. We need we need answers. She wrote 12 episodes in her tenure on Ninja Turtles. Right, yeah. And we, we covered a couple of them already uh, in Season 4. I know that. Because I, 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 I've seen we're gonna this. Get, we're going to get to them on, on Ninja Turtle Power Hour soon. We're, ju we're starting Season 4 next week, I think. Nice, nice. So, our, I, we're recording tomorrow, but the next episode we record after that is our Season 4 premiere. Your Season 4 premiere, yes. Yeah. You're going to have some 
fun times going through. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this character barely gets established just so Roxanne Bebop can just zap her with the docilizer way. And so we, whatever, whatever strong characteristic she had has been totally erased because she is now scared. So is April. So is, uh, Bur did Burn get zapped? I can't remember yeah. now. Oh, Vernon gets zapped. I know yeah, Vernon gets zapped. In the office got zapped. Yeah, I know Vernon got zapped, but he pretty much acts the same because, uh, you know, <laughs> even though he is the hero of, uh, you know, Channel of uh, New York City, uh, he, like, you know, he doesn't really, he's still cowardly. He, like, you know, there, there was not much. Peter Renanday didn't have to do anything different for Vernon for this episode. Yeah. No, not, not at all. And, it, like, this, everything here, like, you can argue that Vernon wasn't trapped by the ray he just played along right exactly you could definitely like, oh, everyone else is doing this <laughs> i just might as well do it too <laughs> right i and i i love vernon he's he's i hated him when he was young when i was younger but i just i'm getting older like he's such a stupid character he like, is like oh, one of my favorite characters right now like i mean every episode i just loving him loving him i mean the the only like season one he was so bland and like you know and then like when they changed him over to Peter, like, all of a sudden, like, and Peter gave him his own, like, little background and everything. He's just been, like, amazing. We still don't know what he does. We don't we don't know what his exact job is. One day we will find this out, but... Yeah, like, sometimes, sometimes he's a camera... Like, most of the time he's a cameraman. Sometimes he's an anchor. Sometimes he's a producer. Some, he's a, his office says director. Yeah, like, But he wants April's job. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's so all over the place at Channel 6. It's like, you know what? Like, you do everything, dude. Like, why do you want one more thing? Right, right, exactly. Yes. Because he, he's her, uh, he's like, he's her, he's her, he's either her sound mixer or like, or because he's working in the van in like the first time we see him. Yeah. And it, there's that one episode where he go, they, they put him in the sewer with the uh, head, with the uh, eye mask so they can record the Ninja Turtles in the sewers. And like, he's doing like the, sound mixing that upset too like the broadcasting it's like dude like you don't need april's job right exactly i'm like vernon fenwick you're good <laughs> look i'm just saying that if if he wants april's job for the salary then he he better like start like uh applying at channel two or channel three or you know the whatever like the whatever because the higher channel you are the 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 uh the more profit you're gonna make during this time because the that's like when the signal gets stronger yeah. so the lower numbers have the stronger signals oh really yes yes that like you know that's why like everyone wants to be that like you know everyone wants to be like you know the there is no channel one but everyone wants to be at channel two uh -huh. because channel two you're everywhere well in the 40 mile radius <laughs> That's ironic, because, like, I never watch Channel 2. Like, out here, CBS is Channel 2. Oh. Another reason why I never <laughs> watch the CBS. <laughs> um, but it had the strongest single for your antenna. But that's true. I, I guess it did. Yeah. Um, so, so that's another thing. Like, April is just... I say it on a lot on our show. April is the worst reporter. <laughs> she, oh, oh, Anna says that, too. Anna says that she's the worst at everything. <laughs> she, she is. She's the worst at everything. Like... She she's she never really gets her story right. Like she's not a really good investigative reporter. Um, she's she's doing like fluff pieces of the time. Like, right. I'm standing outside of a museum because they're debuting the new jam. Right. And it's like <laughs> none of this is hard hitting stuff. And it's like she always loses the footage whenever the turtles like are around. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. No, definitely right about that. So, at this point, this is, like, where the turtles, they, like, you know, because April, like, calls them, and, you know, they're they're delivering the Easter eggs, and so yes. they're already on their way to Channel 6. Yes, we see inside the van, and something that I noticed, uh, their belt yeah. is, is, like, a... Uh, like, like, a like a lap belt? Yes. Uh-huh. It's, it's not, like... Oh, oh. The, because in the 90s, we didn't need shoulder belts. I, I think shoulder yeah. belts, like... Okay, my... <laughs> My very uh, first car I drove was a 1987 Cutlass Supreme. The only person that had a shoulder belt was me, the driver. Everyone else, even the passenger, had a lap belt. <laughs> I don't remember how it was the <laughs> No, I, re I remember um, like my dad's truck, my uncle's truck. Um, yeah, it wasn't until like the late 90s or like the mid 90s that they started doing more shoulder belts, right? Like, for the back seat and stuff like that. Oh, like nice. it's it's to the point where like I I'm still like I I'm used to it now having been a driver for right. like twenty some odd years, but I still like it still makes me uncomfortable because I'm like oh this this feels weird like it's yes. like that ingrained like no I need that pexer protection on like yeah no no I I know exactly what you mean because uh, uh sometimes when I go visit my family uh in in Iran uh like some of their cars like the especially like not not the front seats but the back seats only have like the the lap belt and i'm like wait a minute where's the where's the rest <laughs> right here <laughs> yeah exactly so so the, so the turtles the uh they go to channel six and when they get to channel six bebop and rocksteady are uh blasting them with the ray and before i continue on i just noticed from uh because anna uh, actually has the episode like um playing on on her little tablet for for um uh, for memory uh but i just saw that leo was driving the van but then there's a split second where it's raf yes. driving the van yes yes i wanted to say but then i was like okay do you just pass on but uh, yes that yeah. uh, that mistake happened you, you know whenever i pass things you can always like say hey wait a minute let's go back to this <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so uh but yeah be up in rock city they use the docile ray on the turtles then we cut to commercial break <laughs> because you know that's our that's our, our like commercial break yeah our first commercial break because you know that's our cliffhanger and they're like oh no what's gonna happen to the turtles even though technically this first came out on video <laughs> but then we find out which from is weird which is weird that I mean, it's like you can tell, like they animated it for syndication, and then we're like, oh, well, let's put a let's put out a VHS for it. Right, right, exactly. Oh, oh, that that definitely, uh, that definitely happened with this one. Like, I guess I, I'm parts of me. I'm wondering if like they wanted it to be like a exclusive on VHS, but then like they're then like you know the networks were kind of like it into syndication kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, like. I have no idea how... Uh, I didn't work in the t television business back then. <laughs> Fred Wolf, if you're listening to the show, please let us know. Yes, please let us know, Fred Wolf. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then we find out from Krang that the docilizer raid has no effect on humans. And then this is like where I have to question Krang. Why even make the ray if you're threat or mutants? Yeah, like, like Krang, like... I mean, he, he goes on for like, I really hate those turtles. Like, and it's, it, 
Krang knows the turtles, like at this point, like Krang, right. like we're, we're, we're five seasons in. Krang knows who the turtles are. Krang knows the turtles are the ones who always stop everything. It's like, so why aren't you, why are you making plans that you're kind of almost hoping the turtles don't notice? <laughs> right. And I also, I, but I, but it, but it makes me kind of feel like Krang, like this one, this plan, it makes me feel like Krang intentionally did it so that the turtles would notice because like he picks channel six. Right. Like he picks he picks their Easter thing because he's being very vindictive to April. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, so he does all this. He knows that the, he knows that the turtles are going to go there. He knows that like the turtles are friends with April. They know he knows that the turtles are making eggs for April. Exactly. Like, and he, then he name checks April. He knows that they're doing that. He knows that the turtles are going to be involved in the Easter celebration. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, like, yeah. And then, like, he just, he makes a ray that does not affect the turtles. And doesn't even bother tell, telling people from Rocksteady until, like, you know, after the commercial break. After, like, the kids are all worried about their heroes and everything. And then, like, oh, by the way, oh, the, your, your heroes are safe. Don't worry. That the, that time you, you were so glued to TV, you didn't want to change the channel to watch uh whatever he man i know i was freaking out at the vhs commercial break that's what right oh, oh i i know you were i, I mean i <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I mean you should you, you wrote it on the in the show notes like i was freaking out yeah, I, did. I was like i was very afraid um <laughs> the so the the, the docilizer ray like i i wrote that i really like the effect uh when it zaps people uh-huh and it's got like it's got like that cool like it, it, it's like the turtles like are a cell on top of um like yeah it's like a mat like cool, oh the like, pattern yeah yeah it's like a cool pattern behind them um very like kaleidoscopy psychedelic yeah um, it's really it's it's a cool thing and we don't see that effect very often no we see a lot of ray effects we see a lot of cool explosions um, yeah we never but i've never seen this one in the show before no oh uh, i was actually surprised because whenever they do rays they like to do backlighting um because like the show like loves backlights like it does like backlights like whenever they can i think i think they stopped after season four because they knew like oh they always have to go through the portals now and they're like okay we're, we're gonna like not have as much as much backlighting um as possible but i was surprised that the the ray itself was not like a back lighting effect yeah yeah it, it, it was it was really weird and stands out and it's one of those like because there's like it's, it's funny there's like four explosions that stick out in my head from this show right or, or like ray effects it's this one uh, like the swirly portal like obviously that's a standout one right in the invasion of the punk rock punk rock frogs episode um the uh, explosions look like they're explosions from an anime not from this show right yeah no i yes I know what you mean. It's been a while since we saw that one, but but no, you're right. The, 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 Two seasons ago, but it's a great explosion. It just got, it just looks like from an entirely different show. Right. No, I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, but but yeah, uh, they, they do that. Uh, you know, then Crane kind of gets like mad at Beam Rock Rock saying tells them to uh, to go back, and then at this point, Bebop now breaks the fourth wall. Fourth wall break. And he says, one day we'll get our own show. Oh, I and, and, and And we'll show them. And I was like, I think I would love a Bebop Rocksteady show. Oh, oh, oh. A Bebop Rocksteady show would just be fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love 
like the IDW, Bebop, and Rocksteady are two of my favorites. Um, I also really love the Out of the Shadows 2016 movie. Oh yes, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes, those, those that was a perfect Bebop and Rocksteady. Perfect Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, with the IDW ones being a very close thing. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, I would 100% watch a show about those two. Oh, oh, uh, oh! I, d- I definitely would. I mean, first it has to be like just the, like it has to be like just a action comedy thing, and like you know, uh. I would say like uh, not not because they're violent people, but I would say the the violence has to just be a little higher, like for them. Yeah, like they they have to be like Bebop and Rocksteady are the best when like they're a natural disaster that comes out of nowhere. Right, exactly. And this Bebop and Rocksteady, I love them to death, but they don't hit that for me. like they a lot of stuff they accidentally do. Like just because they're dumb, but it's also kind of like you know Shredder sets them up for failure. Right. I've I've said this before. Um, my problem with Bebop Rocksteady in this show is that they're a great duo, but they have no individual personality, and that's like my big problem with them. Is which that is, which is why? Sorry, didn't catch up. Yeah, which is why, like, when we get little hints about like their past lives or yeah, in uh, God, like, there's there's a couple episodes where like Bebop is act like actually shows that he's the smart. Uh-huh. And there's, like, a lot of episodes where, like, Bebop is, like, you know, knows what he's doing and, like, actually has, like, a good plan. Like, out of the two, I really love Bebop. Bebop's probably my favorite out of those two. Um, so I will always sing his. Uh, <laughs> is that Rocksteady that says Mama? Uh, Bebop's the one that says Mama. Bebop's the one that says Mama, but Roxy was the one that you were, like, loving because he was he was the one who was missing his mommy. Yeah, I think I like Rocksteady better. Yeah, because I love Rocksteady too. Um, is you can't you can't have one without the other. Right, no, they're, they're inseparable. No, um, but I do like when Bebop does get his times to shine, and it's like he he, he shows that he is the smart. Oh yeah, yeah, no, uh, I I definitely like I have to like I'm still like kind of like rewatching one, but uh, I I know I'll probably agree with you once I start seeing that because I know. I know later, like, the show never really gives them individual personality, but I know, like, at one point, like, they start hinting at it. Uh, but I will say the other incarnations, like, at least Bebop Rocksteady, like, especially the 2012 one, even the IDW one, they have, like, more of a individual personality than this one. Yeah, like, they're they're just a bumbling duo. Like, they're, they're not really... And that's the whole thing with the show. Like the show's not made to really have character arcs, or right. You know, it's a show that's made to sell toys. Yeah, so. it was a show that made to sell toys. It's also for kids. It's like you know, it's not people from my age who exactly. <laughs> like it was, it was for our age back back then. then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so like, and so like, we they didn't have to write you know these backstories for these characters. Like it would have been nice because other shows back then had done stuff like that. right. Um, so it would have been nice to kind of see a little bit more about like them, you know, as from their time as humans. Because like there was there was a there's a season three episode where they meet their old gang for the first time. Yes. Like, and the and the old gang does come back in um, the sequel episode to Tur- Turtles on the Hair Once Upon a Time Machine. Um, so those so the old gang comes back there, which is funny because it's not the old gang that we've seen them with before. Right, it's a it's another gang is another it's gang another member, Jersey gang. Red, yeah, yeah, with Jersey Red and Lugnut, um, right, and it, it's just it's just funny because like they, I love Jersey Red, I think she's hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, 
But but it's just funny because like we, I, I would love to see more of that kind of stuff. No, I I, I definitely agree. I, I would like I would have loved to see more of that. Like I don't I don't know if me as a kid would have wanted to see more of that because I'm pretty sure me as a kid I would have wanted to see more of the turtles and everything. But I think like now I would like want to see more of like just Bebop or Rocksteady and like their past and everything. And you know I would actually want to know what their names are. Like I'm, I'm pretty yeah, what sure. The real names are. Yeah, what the real, what the real names are. I'm pretty sure when they were born, like you know, their parents didn't like be like, "You're a bebop." <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes from IDW uh, was when they got kicked out of their name. Uh, they they got kicked out of their gang, and like one of the old gang members is like, "Nobody, nobody likes your music gang names." <laughs> and they and they're both like, "They're cool." What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yes. Probably I, I Bob, and Bob and Ray. <laughs> Bob and Ray. I like that. I, I, I fully yeah, that's canon. You know, that's it. That's it. We're, we're we're submitting it to Turtlepedia right now, and they're gonna have to Editing accept the articles as we speak. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. All right. So so at this point, like Donnie, for some reason, is able to analyze the ray because he was zapped by it. I mean, I don't know how that works, but it just works. He just remembers it really well. Yeah, he just remembers it real well. Not only he remembers it really well, he also figures out that the only way to cure it is by getting a crystal that was not made in this dimension. And it's like, how do you even know about crystals made out from other dimensions? Exactly. Yeah, it was how? not acceptable because uh, sometimes Dante will like, invent some way funny and stupid stuff then suddenly he gets so smart and like, <laughs> like exactly like he like how did donatello know how did donatello know like one thing okay he knew he knew that it wasn't in this dimension right he knew what it was called right he knew another dimension yes it's like and, and that's the thing is like the and he got all that information just by being zapped like being zapped. but and it didn't affect him that's the most important part. It does not affect him, but he got zapped. And he was like, "Wait a minute! I'm able to analyze this." He just really remembered how it felt. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes, he, he really it all down. Yeah. So uh, this is what I wrote about that scene when he was explaining about the crystal he suddenly knew about. Uh, there's this white spot that's like on his face, and I looked at it and I was kind of like, is that a dead pixel? Because it looks like a dead pixel on your phone or on your device. Oh, and it was like kind of bothering me. I don't know if it was a speck of dust or what, but it was just like on his face for like a good while during that scene where he's just explaining. On Donnie's face? Yeah, on Donnie's uh, face. It's like, it's like a, it's like, um, a, like a film grain artifact. Yeah. In the film. Right. Right, exactly, yeah. But I looked at it, and it just, to me, it looked like a uh, dead pixel. I was like, but, but, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a, like a film grain thing. It was just like, it was just like really weird. And of course, like whenever I see something like that, it's kind of like, I mean, uh, there, there was that one episode where there was a piece of hair. Um, and like all I could do was just look at the hair. I couldn't like there was like something else going on the screen. Enjoy, I couldn't enjoy anything after that. There was only a hair. <laughs> it was only hair. I'm just like, why is there? A hair? It's moving. It's moving. It's moving. And I was like, I couldn't stop looking at the piece of hair. <laughs> but yes, uh, one of the very cutest thing in this episode uh, yeah. is um, 
Bebop and Rocksteady walking uh, from the back with that cute bunny um, the bunny tail? tail. <laughs> oh, you like the bunny tail? <laughs> I really, yeah, I really like them in bunny costumes. Like, <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady, whenever they they have as many good costumes as the turtles do. Oh, 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 they really do. They really do. I mean, I, I still, I still want Grandma Bebop. I, I want a Grandma Bebop action figure. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> if I could like customize, like I would totally make Grandma Bebop. <laughs> So, so does so Donnie's like looking for the the crystal. He finds it in the uh in the fairy tale dimension where we see we they have Chicken Little, they have the three little uh pigs, and that uh they have the big bad wolf. All right, I need to know this. Maybe Mike knows this because I'm pretty sure Anna does not. When Leo and Raph enter, they get hit by a like tub or something like that. People like on a like, what the heck did they get hit by? Like, and what fairy tale was that supposed to be? Hang on. I'm pulling it up. Because <laughs> right it was bothering me. I need to see it again. <laughs> All right. Which one? It's like when they enter. It's like so when they go in, and they're like, they're looking, and then they, um, oh, God, what is, I know this makes for incredible listening. Oh, of course. 100%. Um, okay, there's two guys in the tub. Right. God, what is it? I don't know all of my fairy tales. <laughs> I don't, uh, so, okay, it's not just me. I'm here thinking, like, okay, I, I was born from immigrant parents. Maybe this is a fairy tale I never heard about and, like, everyone else can, like, recognize. <laughs> like, like after this like, it's like a guy people? in a cowboy hat, a baker, and, like, some guy in, like, a pink, like, it's like one of those, um, not a, not a chef's hat, but like like one of those paper hats that like people from like burger places wear. Oh oh yeah, like like uh, in Georgia we have this famous one called the Varsity. You can get those paper hats. Oh, it's the baker, the something in the candlestick maker. Oh, it, oh that one. Yeah, because the guy in the cowboy hat has a candle. Uh, oh the baker. Oh, hey, what is that called? What is hmm. what is that fairy tale called? I don't know. <laughs> the rub a dub dub. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Three ah. fools in a tub. Okay. There we go. That okay. was bothering me. 100% that was bothering me because I was like. Oh, it's, it's a blink and you'll miss it. Like, I had to freeze frame to see, like, who they were in the tub. They made, like, obviously, like, the animators, they like, probably worked really hard on, like, drawing this and making sure, like, the kids can recognize it right away. The, free, the freeze frame is no, it would not work that hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Like, well, maybe the writers, like, made sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Someone went out of the way to make sure that this obscure one, I mean, because I now that you said I heard it, but it's not like, well, it's not one that my son knows. I can tell you that. We never tell my son this one. <laughs> and then, But that's what's weird is, like, it's it's a, because it's such a blink and you'll miss it thing, it's like, you'll, you'll it's 30 years later. I'm sure we're the first people to ever figure out that's the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Um, and that's the thing is like, I thought I thought that was the Burger Boy hat. It's, it's he's supposed that's the butcher. No, that's the butcher. Okay, there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like it, visually, you're not like I thought that was a cowboy, not a candlestick maker. Oh wow, wow. So it's we so, uncovered this so mission. We uncovered this mystery. People should be appreciative that we unlock it here on this podcast. I want, I want to challenge any other place that actually like figured this out. Don't get the credit. It was <laughs> Mike. I, I, I know it was Mike get, that did it. Get to this episode later on this year uh, on Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I will 
definitely be like, I figured this out a year ago. That's right. On Turtle Recall. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. And you can link the depths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, not only we have those people, we also meet Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk, who sounds awfully familiar. Uh, yeah, you know, Cam, Cam, just doing one of his one of his character voices. Like yeah. everybody here, like because this was this was like the late eighties, um, early nineties. Like Rob, Cam, and uh, Townsend Coleman were all kind of brand brand new to like they they'd all done um, you know cartoons before, but this was like their first lead thing. So they didn't have a whole lot of other character voices yet. Right. And so, like, they kind of run through the same five. Like, they, Rob makes jokes that he still does. Uh-huh. But um, they all they all kind of run through all of their generic character voices. And so it's just uh, it's just funny because, like, it's one of those things. Like, you're like, oh, that's Cam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Town- Townsend was, is always the one that gets me because, like, we're, we're going to get to it in a second, uh, who he plays in this episode. Um, I-, I wanted to talk about the... Uh, the animation of the big bad wolf when he runs into the scene. Oh uh-huh, yeah, go ahead. Really bad. <laughs> it's like if you've ever seen uh, Snoopy from Peanuts, like when he does like the Snoopy dance. Oh yes, the yes. Dance, the, the big bad wolf is doing that, but it's but the he's sliding into frame. <laughs> he's not running. He's doing the Snoopy dance into frame. It's really yes. Bad. <laughs> so so bad <laughs> um, and then like chicken little um i chicken little i think is um i think is cam as well it could i could i could it's recognize he only says like no. one thing so it's it's listed at yeah you're just saying the sky is falling the sky is falling yeah um and it, it sounds exactly like that that's actually a, a really good impression <laughs> uh, but uh but, but Chicken Little is listed as unknown on Turtlepedia, so oh. I, I I think that's Cam. But it's also one of those things, it's like, you can't ask Cam, like, hey, is that you? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be, like, what we go back into, like, you know, the um, the, the conventions things. Like, when you ask them, it's like, hey, exactly. did you play this character? Like, you know, oh. I'm like Exactly. Uh, I will say, like, uh, sometimes when I do go to conventions, I'll be like, oh, I really liked you as this character. Uh, from this show, and then, like, when the person actually, like, recognizes it, like, remembers it, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> because I don't want... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really loved you as... Uh, I told... I did that to Cam once. <laughs> and I did that... I, I told him I it was... Uh, oh, God, it was a character he played on Tailspin. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember who he was. It was, like, it was like... It was some cocky pilot that Baloo raced against. <gasps> and I, I was like... that. I said, I was the first... I said that was the first time I recognized you <laughs> as a, outside of a different TV show because he was um, uh, he was what's his face on Gummy Bears the the blue gummy bear. Um, oh, I cannot remember those gummy bear names now. I uh, I just remember I Tummy. Remember. Uh, yeah, Tummy. Um, with the, the blue one was the wizard guy. No, 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 no. no. That's so, the purple one. <laughs> uh, that's that's the purple one. Um, that was uh, only thing I remember about Gummy Bears is the theme song. <laughs> Oh, that was Zummy. Zummy, uh, okay. Zummy was the purple one. Uh, Gruffy was the uh, mean one. Grammy, Sunny, Cubby. Uh, oh no, sorry. Rob played. Rob played the one, the blue one that I'm thinking about. That oh, was Gusto guy. Oh, okay. And he like he always like came in like in a few episodes. He wasn't always 
in episodes, but it's like whenever he showed up, he was like really big, and I, and uh, that was when I was like, oh, I remember you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. All right. So 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 after this scene. Uh, we go back in with Shredder and Krang, and like this is like basically where Krang tells Shredder, like, "Oh, you got to go to the big microwave uh, place." It's <laughs> just uh, outside the city. Yeah, this is outside the city and everything, and and he was like, "Okay," and then he was like, "Oh, take Bebop and Roxy with you too," and then then Krang says, "Oh, get them out of those ridiculous costumes," and. I had to write this down. I'm like, wait, no, Crane, you were the one who put them in the costumes. Like, like Crane, they're your costumes. <laughs> they're your costumes. You're the one who were like, hey, I guess what? I put you on Rock City and cute bunny outfits. Don't they look awesome? Don't they look festive and everything? Now it's like, God. Well, like, this is like, this is like, you know, classic, like, parents, like, you know, um, like, like, oh, like, you know, when the child's doing bad, oh, it's your child, and, like, it's all times, like, uh, like, you know, oh, that was, like, your idea, um, even though it was, like, clearly the other, the other spouse's idea, and it's, like, wait, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I, was, I was, like, I was, like, wait a minute here, what, why is, like, Krang saying, like, oh, get, uh, now they're ridiculous outfits, like, you know, just early in this episode, they're, like, oh, they're wonderful outfits, <laughs> like, I'm proud of this, you guys have, so, like, remotes and everything. So this and so this is the part of the show where like the animation starts getting real rough on a lot of these faces and the it's it's the the walking animation cycles are really really rough as people kind of like stomp and slide into frame. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. because I mean uh, when you have it, too much character, uh, it's so much hard for the animators to control everything. I think. Sony got like overwhelming because they brought all these fairy tales and everything was like adding up and they were like probably oh yeah like cuz they're cuz you know you you animate so many characters per per episode right like every every new model sheet every new um, character that you add every new background character every new costume for an existing character that requires so much extra work of animators and um a great saying is, you know, animate. There's never, there's no accidents in an animation. Nothing is ever animated by accident. Everything is intentional. Right. So, so if you have good animation, it's because usually the budget was there and the time was there. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's three things. You can have something cheap and fast. You can have something, you know, good and cheap, or you know, whatever. It's it's that pyramid. Um, I forget, the, I forget the exact thing, but it's like you can't. These episodes were coming out so fast. Yes. That and, and for syndication, and then as we're going into CBS, like these these episodes were had to be animated so fast. That's why there were like ten different animation studios working on the show, and so you're not going to get you know Toei every time. Right. 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 Exactly. I mean, you know, especially I mean, uh, this this season in particular is still a long season. It's like this one is. 40 episodes with uh, uh, with all all of it all together uh, and then like you know you had season three which was 47 I mean it was just so they can just put out all those like episodes like you know yeah, like literally striking while the iron's hot right right so a- so after we have the technodome scene we're going back to the fairy tale land and we get introduced 
to a brand new character who does not have an action figure. This is the, the one, the only, Hokum. That is right. Hokum Hare, who is voiced by Townsend Coleman. And, and so that's the thing. It's, a, it's Townsend Coleman doing a southern accent. He's, yes. He's just having a good time. You know, oh, you turtles. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll race you. and <laughs> Yes. You know, all, the, all those, you know, uh -oh. good, good southern you know, vocal styles. The, the the things that Anna and I, we hear every day because we're in Georgia and that's like what people <laughs> yeah. imagine what everyone talks like in Georgia. Oh, man. Every, everyone sounds like that in Georgia. I know, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> it's, and so Townsend, like, playing the, and so, and so that's the thing. Uh, this is an Easter, like, this is the Easter episode, you know, special. Right. But Hokum Hare isn't the Easter bunny. Like, we're in a fairy tale dimension. He's the hare of the tortoise and the hare. That's correct. Yeah. He is not the Easter Bunny. He is not the Easter Bunny. He dresses up as the, or he helps out as the Easter Bunny at the end of the episode. But yeah, Hokum is not the Easter Bunny in both of his appearances. Right. Now, I will say, uh, going back into animation, there was this one animation detail that I really liked what they did with him when he's talking with uh the turtles and i believe this is when the, the giant is coming and stomping in he starts tapping one of his foot foot yes like really rapidly and that was such a because like the the show the show when they're when people are talking they're just kind of standing there we i mean we've we've seen this honey like we're like you know we're like the bad guys and the turtles are talking to each other and they're just standing in a room like not doing anything well we've seen we've seen a lot of it in this episode and yeah you know, even when I was younger, you know, you, you get that eye for how things are animated. And on on cheaper shows like this one, uh, they do that thing where they have the uh, the body is a different cell, and like the part of the, the part of the body that's moving is usually that, that that's animated. Right. Is usually a different color, usually lighter. Than yeah, that. usually it's the, the lighter color. We've seen that with the head, with the heads a lot. And we see we see that a couple times in this episode. Yeah, with, yeah. with Donatello talking uh, when he's describing the dimension and where and like you know the ray and everything. Yeah, his yeah. <laughs> so um, so going back to what you said, like how that animation of Hokum like tapping his foot. Like, I love little character details like that. Yeah, it was such a great character detail. It really, like, because it just really reminds you, oh, this is a rabbit. Like, and it was a really cool, it was just a really cool detail that was not necessary. It, we didn't need it. Like, yeah. and, and, like, the fact that they put it in there, like, whoever's idea was it to put it in here, like, that person definitely deserves a raise. I mean, just because this show cut, like, cut so many details out just to make things happen. Just that, like, that was just, like, a such a cool little thing. I think that's the only time he does it. I don't think he does it any other time in the episode. But it was such yeah, a cool detail. I really... He does, but it... But, yeah, but, but you're right. Like, it's it's so cool that they that they animated that in there. And it's, like... I mean, even Usagi didn't do it. Like, granted, right. Usagi's a different kind of rabbit. Um, like, a rabbit character. Right. Like it's... But it, it fits Hokum in, like, you know, he's a... He's a hare. Like he's he's a uh, he he runs races. Like he's a racer. Right. Like, that that's built into his character. So to have him kind of be like you know that impatient you know almost Sonic the Hedgehog quality. Right. 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 Exactly. So it's kind of a any... cool thing to see. Yeah. Was that him? 
So I'm saying, uh, do you guys think is was there any uh, reason that they they gave him that uh, pink um, costume, the hair? Oh, the the overalls. Yeah. The, the purple overalls. I think uh, just to make him southern, just to go match with the voice. Yeah, I think, like the over, I think the overalls is just a southern thing. Yeah. The purple, I think that's just to give him like fantasy colors. I can see that. Um, like that, those are like his whole his whole outfit is very pastel. Right. Um, and so it, it's it's to kind of fit into that fantasy Easter, you know, type type of vibe. Right. Right. Cause like yeah, because like even though technically he is not the Easter Bunny, as we as we've established, as not he's not the Easter Bunny. Bunny, not the Easter Bunny. Easter episode, not Easter Bunny. He's he he is a stand-in for the Easter Bunny. Right. Right. Exactly. And so and so having having his costume be that color, you know, it, yeah, they just kind of right. Exactly. So at this point, this is where the giant comes in. Uh, uh, Hokum kind of Hokum and the turtles they separate like Leo and. Raph, like, hide behind a bush. Uh, we hear that Leonardo's a turtle calm, as Dante is, like, trying to call Leonardo. And, the, like, throughout this part, like, because Leo loses his turtle calm, and the giant picks it up, and, like, you know... Us, one of his treasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts it in one of his treasures. I mean, there's there's scaling issues with the giant and the, and the turtle calm. I mean, uh, <laughs> like, uh, but here's what bothers me. The fact... That like Donnie is only like calling Leo and doesn't call Raph. Exactly. Like, why doesn't Raph have his own turtle? <laughs> right, 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 right. Why is it all like you know? Dantel knows that Leo went with Raph, and like it is like you know, but he's only calling Leo, and like it's like there's like I don't know. I, and it's like, it's like he kind of gives up too. Is like he's like I can't reach Leo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't reach Leo. And, and nobody's like, did you try calling Raph? Yeah, exactly. No, like M- Mikey doesn't even bring this up. I also want to note that this is this episode. Uh, you know, is set in 1991. I mean, it was probably like finished in 1990. Donnie has two flat screen TVs. I don't even think flat screen TVs were like invented back then and he's able to set this up in his sewer yeah and and, and, and i wanted to bring that up because like we, we find out in the next episode that the that it the next episode um once upon a time machine hard establishes that this is 1991 oh okay like uh because they they see a timeline and they actually put the year on there so oh okay that's, that's what's wild is like you know this, this is 1991 <laughs> so so this is yeah so so from so yeah Donnie has like these flat screen TVs. I, I mean, flat screen monitors. I should say. I shouldn't call them TVs. He's not watching anything. But still, like, I don't. This technology was not th- there back then. And like you know, the fact, was, you know, what was really cool. Um, and we we kind of we kind of skipped over it. Was yeah. uh, the computer display when Donnie tells us doing the scanning? Yeah, it's like a three D rotating model. Oh yeah. I always thought that was really cool. That was pretty, that's yeah. Hand, that's hand drawn. It's not computer animated. Right. Like, right. Like obviously, like they weren't going to do computer animated for the show. Right. Right. No. <laughs> no. That'd be way too expensive for this show. But but it, it does the thing that like they they did in like uh, John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. Right. Where, like they hand animated three D um, modeling. Yes. No. No. That actually yes. Uh, now that you bring bring that up, I don't know why I didn't write that in my notes, but yes, that was actually a really cool. Uh, thing that they did when he was like searching and everything. Uh, it's, I actually, it's got no, it's got nothing to do with them trying to find like the thing. Like it's it it visually it doesn't translate as this is scanning multiple dimensions. Like, right. It, it doesn't visually translate to that, but it's so cool. Looking. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it, you're like okay. 
it is really cool looking and this is like a portfolio thing like like he, this person put this portfolio and it's like hey i animated that give me a job yeah, exactly <laughs> I, I animated that in 19 yes exactly now all right uh i know i've mentioned this before uh and i i don't know i don't know maybe don maybe donnie don teller just doesn't say his brother's name so much and it's maybe why he didn't call him but he's the way he says Raphael is Raphael and he's the only one who calls him Raphael because everyone else says Raphael yeah and then like you have Donatello and like at this point he I don't know he says it like three or four times he keeps calling him Raphael Raphael yeah, yeah. and it's just like it's so I mean I, I mentioned this before I brought it up and I, I brought it up again because we haven't heard him call him, and I just don't think he... I, I just don't think Dantel says his name enough or something like that. But, like, it's... Does... Did, like... It just really sounds like, like, Barry... I, I know when they recorded this, they're all in the same room. It's just, like, did no one, like, ever say, Hey, Barry, can you call uh, Raph, like, the same name as everyone else calling him? It always, like, puts me off whenever that comes... It, it is a little weird. Yeah. Um, I, I just chalk it up to like that's you know that's that's his accent that's how he pronounces it. Right. Like it's like Star Wars, you know, like how Han Solo calls up the Millennium the Millennium Falcon. Right, and everyone else does no. Uh, everyone does everyone else call the Falcon, or is he the only one who calls the Falcon? He's the only one who calls it the Falcon. Okay. Everyone else calls it the Falcon. Gotcha. And then uh, Lando calls calls him Han. Oh, that's right. Lando does call him Han. Lando calls him Han, and then he and uh, we all pronounce it Han. Um, but I love that in the solo movie, like he does that. He does that for the first time to him. He calls him Han, and then Han tries to correct him. <laughs> no, I didn't. And, and, and solo Solo is a fun movie. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's it's a lot of fun. You know what? I have opposite opinions of Solo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have my my problem. Probably share, we probably share a lot of them. I like things in Solo. I don't like Solo as I just, I just did not need a uh, explanation on how Solo got his name. I mean, well, I didn't either. I didn't either. I, didn't <laughs> I had that problem with things in the movie. Like I like the heist. Yeah. I like Lando. I like the Millennium Falcon. Um, I love Kira. Um, I, I love Beckett. And I love um, Val. Uh-huh. Like, I, I think I think them is kind of like a. Um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, in, in Star Wars, like I uh-huh. love that. Uh huh. It didn't have to be a movie about Han Solo, right? No. Yeah. No. I. I just. I have like so many. I have so many issues, but this is what I'm thankful for. Solo. Solo did something amazing, and that is that it made it that we don't have an, a Star Wars movie every year. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when people are gonna sub- uh, stop subscribing to the podcast <laughs> when my real feelings of Star Wars comes out. <laughs> As long as they come over to Ninja Turtle Power. Hi. <laughs> no, Star Wars and I Star Wars and I have a complicated relationship. I used to, I used to be on several Star Wars podcasts. Uh, no. I'm not anymore. Uh, and my life is better for it. <laughs> no, I, I I have a complicated relationship with the Star Wars too. I still watch like I still watch like everything and I'm like I'll I'll enjoy it, but then like then after it's over, I'm like, no, I didn't like it. <laughs> what makes what makes me happy about Star Wars is that I'm able to watch it as a fan now, and yeah. not someone who has to talk about it in two days. <laughs> that I mean, that, to be honest, that does like make everything 
uh, better. Like, thank God, like, I love Ninja Turtles so much that I have no problems with, like, talking about it two days later. And, and that's the thing is, like, I, I know enough about Ninja Turtles that I, that I can claim to be an expert. Um, but Star Wars, I always feel like there are other people smarter than me. Uh-huh. You're right. Oh, no, no, no. So, and so that makes it not fun to talk about Star Wars. Oh, no, it's like, I... It's like, you know, you get people that are like, oh, the themes of this and that, and all, like, oh, the themes, it, 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 this is very spiritual, and I'm like, <laughs> lightsaber go burn. <laughs> you know? I, I, can, I can tell you this. If you show me a character from the first, I'll say, five movies, uh, not so much of Sith, I can tell you who that character is, especially the original trilogy, because I worked for an action figure company, um, and I like they literally made an action figure for everybody. And well, you got me sitting closer to the microphone now because now I really you can tell me after the show. <laughs> okay. I love action figures. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so going back into Ninja Turtles, so we cut into uh, Channel Six in. We have April doing a report, like being scared, trying to talk about the Dos- the Dossalai report, and she's doing the news like in the middle of the street. Like I, I, yeah. we mentioned this before, April's the worst reporter, and she's like literally like who who's like hey let me do the report in the middle of the street, and like the cameraman doesn't even say hey you should be in the sidewalk. I mean she even gets hit almost gets hit by a truck. Yeah, it's in. It's so yeah. April's just the worst. I I got nothing after that. She's just the worst. No 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 no. She 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 she's definitely the worst. This like Shredder comes in and like grabs a microphone and he's like, I'm gonna go and uh, use this ray on everyone and I'm gonna use it on microwaves and because microwaves is not just for cooking. And I love God, the, that. Was, that was a good line. That was such a good line. And I love the fact the line it was even better when. Like, Dante was like, did you pay attention what what Shredder said? And Michelangelo repeated exactly yeah. what Shredder said. Yeah, he said they're not just for cooking anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean that is just the, great. The writing, is, the writing in this episode is really good. Yes, yes. Like, no. it's, there's so many good lines, and everybody everybody's on point. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone's on, on point on this episode. I, I really enjoy it. And then, like, you know... Dantal's like, okay, we need to go. We need to go to the microwave. Like he was like, there's only one uh, big microwave uh, technology center in all of New York. Um, so let's go there. And then so he was like, okay, you know what? We need to make. We need to bring the portable dimension. Uh, the portable portal generator. Yeah, the portable portal generator. And so like the generator, like uh, uh, this is like. Like, you know, uh, we haven't got to the CBS episode, so maybe it may, may have happened in, C- in CBS. But this is the first time ever we're seeing, like, the generator actually, like, turn into, like, a... A portable version? Yeah, a portable version, which is not really that portable. It's not really that portable. <laughs> like, like, like Dantel's, like, carrying it. Dantel's carrying it, and he's just, like... I mean, it's, like, me carrying, like, a trash can... Like yeah, without so like, it, it's like Michelangelo doesn't help it. Yo, no, it's like like what kind of what kind of portability is this? You couldn't play, you couldn't have it like come out with wheels and you could like drag it with a dolly or something like a dolly. <laughs> like, like yeah, like you you couldn't you couldn't like make it turn into like a, like a suitcase with wheels on it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, and then okay, 
And then I, like, I it, it's so weird how it folds in on itself too. Like right, it, it like folds down and then like slides into itself to be like super compact. Right, and um, I'm I'm skipping ahead. We're we're gonna go we're gonna go back with like to Leonardo Raphael, but I'm skipping ahead because why did he make it portable? Because he when because when we next see him, he's on his monitor. He's on his big. A flat screen monitor, which is was right next to the portal, and then, and then when it gets used, it was in the turtle van, which the turtle van was still in the sewer. Like, I mean, it was like, what? Like, I, I am just like, okay, why even go through the effort of showing that we can use the the portal generator is portable. It fits in the turtle van, but they don't go anywhere. Exactly. Now, like, you could have just put it in there. Yeah, exactly. just, just want to show how, how smart you. I mean, you know, it's 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 like you know, I I decide to I have I have, you know, the, there's the Nintendo Switch, and you know, uh, I don't feel like playing it on the TV, so I take I take it out, but I put it next to the TV because no one, but no one's using the TV. But then I bring out my controller, and I'm just sitting. And just you know playing it on the controller on the on the little switch handheld thing when I can just be when the TV is right next to me. You just put it back on the TV. <laughs> I can just exactly. put it exactly. That's what happened here. So I just like I mean portability not a good portable system not a good portable not a good portable. Uh, and, and it's like we've we've seen the portable we've seen the portal generator. Right. We but, but this is the first time that we actually see that it's portable. This is the first time we see a portable. And it's. And this seems like a bigger like the the portability of it seems like a bigger. That's the thing that Donatello should have you know should have woke his brothers up for. Right, right. You know, so that seems like a bigger technological. Than the Easter egg machine, which I want to I want to note like like you know we've been all over the sewer. We have not seen the Easter egg machine after they made their eggs. I think I think the Easter egg machine like blew up at this point. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, because yeah, because Mikey like messed it up when he leaned on it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He did. He did mess it up. <laughs> All right. So going back to going back to the fairy tale dimension, Dante's still trying to contact Leo, and this is like after he made it portable, <laughs> um, his generator portable, and then so the giant answers the phone. It's again not calling Raphael or Raphael, whatever he wants to call him, <laughs> but uh, he and then. Donatello, like, the giant answers his phone, and then, like, Donatello goes, like, makes this, like, whoa, like, thing. The giant is, like, on the, on the communicator. Like, from the perspective, there's no way Donatello can know he was a giant. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, yeah, because he, because he'll, he'll be looking at the, the communicator, and it's like, eh. well, I mean, it depends on how close he was holding it to his face. Like, right. I FaceTimed really close to my face before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm and pretty I, sure it's like a bigger, like, thing, but it would probably be like, I was like, oh, maybe he put it too close to his face. It's not like there was a, one of his brothers, like, next to him to see, like, the size comparison. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, he does make that, like, whoa sound. Like, I mean, now, now you could argue that he made that whoa sound because it's not Leonardo and he was expecting Leonardo and it ended up being someone That's else. That's what I was thinking. So you you could be right. I'm just saying, if he was trying to make that whoa sound because it's a giant, there's no way he could have known it was a giant. No, I'm just saying that. Oh, uh, but but at this point, like, this is where, like, Leo and Raph are like, okay, let's distract him to get the communicator back and, 
you know, find, find the crystal, and they start knocking over stuff. Before they start knocking over stuff, they start making, like, karate sounds. Like... And they're, like, and they're, like, super generic yes, karate sounds. Yes. Super generic karate sounds before the actual, like, moves start happening. And, I mean, as a person who took karate before, and uh, I took... Uh, I mean, I, I did for three years in Okinawa Shinryu. You use that sound to like, you know, uh, we used it like so we can like absorb the hits or like, you know, make like uh, just like uh, like uh, just like do like the, the power. Like, you know, when we're punching, that's to give more power into it. Like kind of psyching yourself up. Yeah, 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 exactly. We don't just make it randomly like Leonardo and Raphael did in this episode where they just, uh, I don't don't know. They're just like, at this point, they're just like making fun of like people in karate movies. And so there is a bit of that in, in this show overall. Um, and I, I've talked about it on, on our show, um, where there's a lot of, it's kind of uncomfortable. Some of the stuff that they do, Right, um, and granted, because this was the '80s, you know, it was, it, it, granted, it wasn't that long ago, and I'm not making excuses for anybody. Right, um, but the, but there is there is certain things where like they kind of do generic, um, generic stereotypical sounds that people from other cultures would make, or like you know you have you know certain characters of a different ethnicity right. are played by characters of a very different one. Right, um, and in hindsight, it is a little icky. Right, right, right. Yeah, we actually, um, we actually had uh, uh, Pat uh, uh, Fraley um, on our podcast, and we actually brought this up okay. before. And okay. like, yeah, yeah, like, cause, cause he actually played someone of ethnic before, and like, yeah, he didn't, like he was basically saying like, you know, that was at that time, and at that time, you know, they didn't have uh, those people like in the industry. Yeah, exactly, and it's and, and like I said, we're not making any excuses right. uh, for anybody. It, it, but it was a different time, and it's like hearing uh, like Towny Town Coleman play Usagi. Right, exactly. And it's like I nowadays you wouldn't do right. No, I I definitely yes yes definitely definitely agree. I mean, especially we've seen. I mean, unfortunately, like some of the anime series they're doing they're doing it now is a little like. It's a little later than when they should have been doing it, but we are seeing more of a progression. Yeah, which which one hundred percent like I am for like yes, that's the kind of that's the kind of, like I firmly like I fan casted um, you know, my own Ninja Turtles cast. Yeah, and I've gone back and forth about how I feel about it, but I've landed in the camp that I feel like the if the turtles were to be like live action or whatever, I feel like the turtles should be played by Asian American actors. I, I can to be honest I can like really say that. the all, only thing is that uh the only reason that I would like go against it is because the the turtles are from uh, uh are from New York they're actually like like technically the they're 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 they're, they're a melting pot yeah in, yeah because they're because they're from New York which which is something that I really love that rise did yeah so rise had uh two black actors and two yes. and two white actors yes like, I actually really like that. And the whole theme of Rise was like this is an adopted family. Yes. And I love that theme. Yes. Um, so I so like I said, I've kind of gone back and forth with my fan casting. Um, like I I've 
picked, you know, I mean, obviously Splinter and uh, Shredder have to be Japanese. Yes, yes, both of them have to be Japanese because they're both from that country. Exactly, like, they're from that country, they have to be. Yes. Uh, April and Casey I'm a little bit more loose on. Um, In fact, like, I just, I love Cat Graham as April so much, like, I would love to see her live action. action. Yes, that would actually be pretty cool. No, I, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> that whole that whole aside, it just it just that anytime they do that kind of stuff on the show, I know there's no ill intent. I know there's no maliciousness. It just feels like right. No, I agree with you. So at this point, you know the uh, the the turtles uh, uh, they they distracted the uh, the giant Hokum uh, has 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 joined them uh, as um, as well. They find the crystal. He like the crystal was like in his like belt kind of like pouch thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh hey, here's the crystal because like Donatello knew the crystal was there. He was like, oh, it's right next to you guys. I don't I, how Donatello knows that you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he did he did he program the turtle communicators to be like sensors? I guess so. That's the only. That's how I kind. Of, that's how I kind of read that. Like he like the tur- like the turtle calm picked up that the crystal was there right yes yeah that's the only thing i can come up with and so the three of them they're going down the uh the beanstalk and i had to write this because this is another animation error and there's there's gonna be another one after this twin too when the turtles and hokum are going down the beanstalk the beanstalk kind of stops and like it and like the they're like in the clouds and it looks like they're just grabbing onto nothing and I really think, like, the clouds were supposed to layer over them, so they're supposed to go behind the clouds. Oh, yeah. And, like, so they're just grabbing on, so just grabbing onto nothing when they're going down to Beanstalk. I mean, it, it just looks so awkward uh, looking there. Uh, and so they climb down to go down nothing. And then another animation ha- error happens when Jack cuts down to Beanstalk. If you look in the back... There is a house floating, and it was, I think the, ho- the house was supposed to be on a hill, on a background hill, but it's floating, and so when the, when he, the giant crashes down, um, it just, like, when it breaks, it just kind of, like, jumps and slams, and just, it's still floating as a flat piece of thing. I'm pulling it up. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I had to see it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. It, 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 it's, it's this weird, the whole scene is very roughly animated. Um, like them running along the clouds. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, um, it's pretty rough. Uh, and of course, like, um, Hokum is going with the turtles because he's still mad that they cheated at the race and that he was like, no, I'm going with you guys. And the turtles are like, okay, fine. You're coming with earth with you guys, with, uh, with us. And so, okay. And so, and so this begs a huge, huge question. Uh, about this fairy tale universe, are the inhabitants of this universe stuck in a perpetual time loop where they have to re? Is, is, a, is this a Groundhog Day situation where they have to reenact the story that they are known for day in day out? Because Jack says, like, "Oh, we do it for the tourists." Right. I think it implies that there's visitors to this dimension. I think yes, and I think it's more because they have to do the show, and like it's almost kind of like uh, like uh, I'm trying to compare it to something. I just cannot think of something like, um, but it it it's like they have to put on this theater 
all the time, and like because apparently there's tourists all the. Uh, who are these tourists? We don't know. Maybe tourists. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, um, but uh, I mean, who apparently, are the tourists? yeah, yeah. Who are the tourists? Who are they? Who are they performing for? Because like Jack cuts down to Beanstalk and no one's around, and they're like, like at the beginning, and then when he cuts them down again, and then there's like people like cheering and everything, and and when he cuts it down, Holcomb mentions that the. The giant gets mad every time he does that. So obviously the giant doesn't like this thing. But I think they just... I think it's just more of like... Okay, they do... They keep doing reenacting the, the fairy tales. Just just because that's what the people want. And so, and so the question is... If they have been performing this over and over and over for the tourists... Holcomb should know that the turtles aren't the tourists that he usually raises. He should because I'm pretty sure the, those tortoises that he ra- the tortoise the tortoise he does race doesn't have a headband. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He maybe, should be able to recognize that these yes. are not creatures of his dimension. Uh, or, or maybe, maybe for a rabbit, all turtles look the same. And like you know, <laughs> I know exactly. That's, oh, I mean, may, uh, you know, sounds like Hokum needs a lesson there. I know exactly. Maybe Hokum needs a lace lesson. He needs to get out of the the early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, get out, get out of that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but 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 yeah, like he he should presumably know who the tortoise that he is that he presumably races with multiple times a day. Right. Yes. And so and so we never we never actually see the tortoise from his story. No, no, we don't see the tortoise. Uh, but yeah, we just see we only see a uh, Hokum, obviously. So, so after that, like you know, Donnie brings um, back all three with from the portal generator to, and then they're like, oh, we gotta go to the uh, the microwave to the, transmission center. Yeah, the microwave transition center, and that's where they see. Uh, I do love that the that the sign for the microwave trans, uh, transmission center is, is like handwritten on the chalkboard. Yes. <laughs> it's not like an official sign or anything. It looks like it was like it's handwritten on the chalkboard. That's like most and of my microwave is two words. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Look that, that that's their brand name is micro and wave. <laughs> yeah. Micro and wave. Yeah. There, there's a TM after that. You just don't, you just, we just didn't see it. <laughs> now exactly. I, yeah, I don't know if you've been, if you guys been paying attention to this, uh, but you know, season three, Mikey's like nunchucks were kind of like fading away. Yep. And then like, uh, so this, so this is a season four episode where he still has his nunchucks. It's like, in, it's in the back of his belt. But when the turtles like charge in and they are ready to like, you know, stop Shredder, everyone pulls out their weapons except for Mikey. Yeah. Mikey's, uh, you know, he's still in that awkward oh, phase. Mikey. He's still he does, in that awkward phase where he has... He does have the turtle line in this episode, though. Uh, did he use the turtle line in this episode? I'm pretty sure he does. I don't remember. I think... Because uh, I don't think... Any of the, not, not many of the turtles use their weapons in this episode, but... Well, Raph... So, Raph, as they all... Put, oh! He throws his thigh at Shredder's Yeah! Foot. That was, that was like, very bad. Oh, I forgot that! He does throw his thigh at Shredder. Yes, I... I, I was yeah. like... Seriously? <laughs> no, you're right. He doesn't use the turtle line stuff. Yeah. I, I think it, it might be the next episode. It might be the next episode. Um, <laughs> I do think it's I do think it's funny because like uh, I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But, oh no, no, you're fine. Uh, but Hokum has uh, Hokum gets the dolls line. Right. Line, and then he aims it at Shredder. Yes. 
Bebop and Rocksteady run away from it. Yeah, presumably because presumably because they know you know they know what it does. They've seen the effects firsthand, but also they were also told it doesn't work on mutants. Yes, they were told that it doesn't work on mutants. They run away from it because they don't want to be zapped by it. I I mean you know I know this is still Bebop Rocksteady. They probably like forgot like after like Crank told them like yeah exactly like you know like an hour ago hey it doesn't work like hey morons like you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, like it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect you. because like I mean if B Roxy wanted to save Shredder, they could have just like jumped in front of it. Uh, but yeah, Shredder gets hit by the laser, then Shredder gets all scared, and that that makes him like you know call Krang to open the portal, and like you know, uh, I yeah I know you guys haven't gotten to season three yet, but yeah, season four is a, instead of like you know transport modules, they, you just see this blue portal thing a lot, as like that's how they run away. Yeah. Well, you know that. Oh, I love the... Yeah, it's it's, and and I and I vaguely remember the portal like gimmick a whole lot. Right. Like, it, it's funny because like I remember the portal more than I remember the transport modules. Oh. <laughs> See, I remember the transport really modules, which is really I... weird because I should know the transport modules more because those are from the seasons I watched. Right. I remember the transport modules more, but that's also because that's the ones I watched the most, and that was the ones I was like after school while the portal was more like on Saturday mornings. But yeah, and then so that's how the turtles like win this, and then we get to the end. April asks Holcomb to uh, host the the Easter egg hunt for Channel Six with a big bow. With a big bow, and like you know, and like, and then at the very end. Uh, Mikey says, hey, let's go race Hokum. And, and then he was like, oh, this is a joke, guys. Just a joke. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's, it's, because of the thing, like, Mikey didn't have the shared experience of Raph and Liam. Right, right, exactly, yeah. But like, Mikey literally Mikey. just met him, yeah. I don't get why Donatello was mad. <laughs> I don't know why either. Maybe, maybe, like, during the, the party wagon ride, ride uh, Leo and... Raph was, like, telling the whole story, and, like, Mikey was, like, all he could think of was, like, I want to race this guy. I want to run him. I want to run him with this guy. <laughs> That's all Mikey was thinking about. Like, he's just looking at this rabbit, like, rabbit. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what he was saying. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, that. But, yeah. That, that's that's how the episode ends. This is not our only episode. Like, ne- uh, next week we get to see Hook'em Hair again. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he gets two episodes. Like, look, the VHS... Had two ta- had two episodes on it because if you're gonna buy a ten dollar VHS tape, you better you better have uh, forty minutes of content on there and not thirty. Yeah, there there better there better be two episodes. <laughs> exactly. Like, no. I bought anime DVDs with one episode. <laughs> no, that one those one episode ones that that's for Burger King when they're like yeah. three dollars when you buy a, a uh, adult meal. Which is what what. The Breaking Kids Club is how I got the VHS for the Great Boldini. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny because, like, a lot of people, like, for season three, they, when uh, when they chimed in about it, they would uh, they would tell us, like, the episodes that, like, oh, I had the Burger King tape for this. I had, and then uh, then we got to the point, like, oh, there's no more Burger King tapes. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's funny because, like, I, don't, I can't remember any other time that I have gone to Burger King except for that. <laughs> except for that VHS. And, uh, and still to this day, I don't have any of those Burger King tapes. I know. My stupid parents. I, I don't know if I, I don't know what tapes I still have anymore. <laughs> like, I could not find those in my parents' move. So I'm, I'm, I know they saved some VHSs. I don't know if they saved these. I 
I cannot yeah. find my Cowabunga Shredhead v- VHS tape. I know I have it. I just can't find it. <laughs> that is that is a crime. I know that is a crime. Granted, also, I can't find mine either. But yeah. You admitted to your crime first. <laughs> I know. So. I did admit to my crime first. But I do know where my Ninja Turtles Next Mutation VHS tape is, where they edited the first five episodes and like somehow cut like ten minutes Edited out. Into a movie? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good stuff. That is good stuff, exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much all we have uh, for this episode. Uh, honey, how, what, what did you think of uh, Hokum Hair in this Easter episode? Um, about the specific character? or uh, Just any, any, anything in general. In general, I thought that it was, it, it kind of was like an innocent, cute episode, but it was... Uh, there was too much going on uh, for the uh, a story. I I um, think that it was too. Gotcha. I I do remember after we watched the episode, the first thing Anna asked me is like, "How did Don tell know where the crystal is?" I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a question for the ages. That's like, yes, yeah. We yeah. don't. We have no idea. We 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 have no idea. But there's no way we could have done this episode without you, Mike. I mean, it, thank you. Hey. So- Thank you for having me for this, because I I've been jumping at the bit because we're not going to get to this episode until like later on this year, right? Uh, on our on our shows, so uh, I will take every opportunity I can to talk about Hokum Hare. Um, he's just a fun character, yes. And it's like if you go into eighty seven Ninja Turtles and you you understand that this is a campy show for kids, Hokum Hare is just a silly fun character. Yes. And it's just like for some reason I've latched onto him as like the best guest character for me. And it's like granted, no, he's not the best guest character. Like we all know that's you know, Rex One. That's right. You know, Rex One is obviously the best. Um, I would love a Rex One and Hokum Hair two pack. Oh that that would be amazing if they made that. <laughs> they don't go together. At no all. at all. But right. you know, ne- neither does uh Mondo Gecko and Kerma, but somehow I they that's, did. That's fair, yeah. Um and so it's yeah, like Hokum Hair like is is just absolutely funny uh, to me. And uh, his I think this this is a fun first episode for him. Right. But I think Once Upon a Time Machine is a really good episode. I gotcha. No, actually, I remember that yes. episode a lot. Uh, which uh, he he he's in, but he's not in it a lot. But he is like the driving force for what goes on in that show or in that episode, and. Uh, yeah, it's great. Right, right. I I will say, like, I was, like, but when I watched this, I was like, Ho- like, Hokum doesn't come till halfway through. I was so surprised. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I guess in my memory, I thought, like, the whole, like, the whole episode was about him. It was, it, but he was just more of like, oh, hey, we have a rabbit, and who's just here to help us with the Easter stuff. And, like you said, like, he doesn't come in until halfway through the episode. Right. So it's like, like and this this whole episode the, the episode title is dedicated to him right exactly the the VHS cover was dedicated VHS to him is like yeah he's on the cover yeah exactly so it's it's so weird to have him and he's in like between the two episodes combined he's in a, about half of the two episodes oh yeah yeah exactly no I yeah I I know that like. Now I know that, but like it's so hard. I guess like my kid mind like forgot this. <laughs> oh yeah, like absolutely, like, yeah. And, and it's like like as older turtles fans, 
we forget a lot about this show. Right. Right, exactly. And, and so it's like, that's why like, I tell people when they like have to, when they, it, it's always funny when I see people rate like the turtle shows and they always put this one up top and then they like specifically like, but only the first season. It's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta accept this whole thing. Yeah. Oh no. Like you're denying, you're denying our history. Yeah. <laughs> by, by leaving out Hogan hair. Right. No, no, I, I, I agree. Actually, uh, the episode we saw last week, uh, superhero for a day was like a big surprising for us just because like like i forgot all about that episode and and we're like oh my gosh it's actually really enjoyable and like it was just one of those it's like you you don't expect it to be uh you didn't expect it to be like you know like it's like oh this is a memorable one just because it has like a forgettable character on it but then like you get to it's like oh wow i really enjoyed this one and it's like it's a perfect example of ninja turtles yeah, and like, and that's how like I describe a couple of my favorite episodes. They're they're, they're throwaway episodes, but like yeah. everything about like Cowabunga Shredded is one of my all time favorite Ninja Turtles episodes. Oh, oh yeah, no, oh, oh, I've I've told her many times. Like you know, we uh, we we dedicated a whole special episode for for Cowabunga Shredded when we oh, did it. Good. <laughs> we we didn't we didn't do a special episode for it, but I did do the recap and I did go on about how much that is just that is a great episode of Turtles. Oh no, that's. That one is fantastic, uh, but yeah, yeah, Mike. Uh, definitely uh, another day. We're gonna have to have you have you back on. It was such a pleasure to have you on on this yeah, one. Please, thank oh. you. This oh was, no, this, this was a ton of fun. Oh. I, 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 think I, t- I, t- I think I talked to you like a year or two ago about one thing. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> before I even was, before I was even on Ninja Turtle Power Hour, I think I was talking to you about like I really, oh. I really want to guest. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, no. You asked me to guest, and I was like, oh no, no. I was like, I'm gonna make sure it happens, and like I knew that this was gonna happen. I just had to w- make you wait for a while, but. Why a special That's fine. That's fine. I got my own show in the meantime. That's right. That's right. But uh, be sure to join us next week. Next week we'll be talking about the other Hokum Hair episode, Once Upon a Time Machine. Uh, if you have any questions or memories, be sure to email us at turtle, turtle recall podcast at gmail.com or uh, tweet us at Turtle Recall Pod. Uh, Mike, if you want to remind people where they can find you at. Okay, everybody, you can uh, check out our show, Ninja Turtle Power Hour, every Tuesday, every Turtle Tuesday. Uh, we are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you uh, can download your podcasts, we are going to be there. Uh, you can follow the shows on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ninja Turtle PH and Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook. You can, if you want to talk to me personally, you can hit me up on Twitter at It's The Rocketeer. That's I T S, The Rocketeer. All right. Till next time, guys. See ya. Bye. Cowabunga. Thanks for listening to us. If you have any comments or memories you want to share, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter at Turtle Recall Pop. Turtle Recall is proud to be a part of the Res TV network. Be sure to go to Res.tv to check out our podcast and other great podcasts they have available. Sorry, an ice cream truck just parked outside my house. Was it? An ice cream truck just parked outside. <laughs> it, it does it every night around this time. Oh my god! Does it play the music like, at like freaking almost eight o'clock at night? It's you know, and he's got he's got like LEDs. Like this is this is a good ice cream truck. Uh, <laughs>
I can't remember. I can't remember his name. He's um, he's just this old dude. He's got one arm, which is always like so weird to me. Like he's this one arm ice cream truck dealer. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> Does he has a ninja do ice cream? Not stop right outside of our window. <laughs> I was like, just pull in a little bit more, and he did. But it was like five feet. <laughs> Anna did ask the most important question: Was uh, does he have the Ninja Turtle ice cream? Uh, he he has he didn't the last time I got I went down there. He has the sticker for it, and the current <laughs> ice cream is the Rise uh, Raff ice cream. You know, I still have some of that in my freezer. Like, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 